0: What's going on, fellow A-Plusers? It's your host, as always, Adam Perez, back once again for our brand new episode of A-Plus Hero Report, your weekly stop for your Marvel, DC television, and movie news streaming live to you guys over on our YouTube page today. Facebook as well as Twitch for you gamers out there, guys, so certainly thank you. For definitely joining us here for a, what looks to be a gorgeous, a gorgeous Sunday morning here in good old Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, So wherever you guys are at, hopefully you're having uh, some amazing weather, really enjoying the fall experience, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes here in Texas, I feel like it goes from summer directly into winter from time to time. So the fact that we actually have ourselves a nice seasonal change out here, uh, it's been fantastic to certainly say the least. So wherever you guys are at, thank you for certainly joining us. Uh, It's fantastic. To go ahead and have an opportunity to sit down here with you guys and talk some amazing topics. We got six topics right off the bat for you guys. Uh, we're going to be getting into some fantastic Wonder Man news as the lead has, in fact, been cast. We're going to talk about that. Um, it looks like we got more casting news in regards to the upcoming Agatha Coven of Chaos. Uh, and then, of course, into some DC news for you guys as Henry Cavill speaks out a little bit more about Superman along with James Gunn uh, and much, much more for you guys. So, certainly stick around. We got six topics for you guys. Afterwards, we'll definitely go ahead and get to your guys' live viewer questions, and we'll kick off our show with some honorable mentions. Some topics that we didn't didn't quite make the cut, but felt that you certainly deserve to know what was going on. So it should certainly be a fantastic show. And listen, guys, we're switching it up here a little bit today. Unfortunately, Stuart could not be joining us, but in his place, coming back, making his return, ladies and gentlemen, the good old Indy Uchia. What's going on, brother? It's so good to see you, man.
1: Hey, I'm so happy to be here. You have no idea. You know how I feel about Hero Report, man.
0: I know, man. I feel like when you can't make it, I feel like your Sundays are just completely ruined.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is the only only pod I ever do that I will schedule a a new job around if I can have Sundays (laughs) off. So, yeah, your boy's leaving Team Blue. I'm going to Team Red. Just because they're giving me Sundays off.
0: That's so. cool. Team Red. Who Who is Team Red for you? Uh, Verizon. Good old Verizon. Very old nice. Verizon. I know. I just ended my Verizon subscription too, Indy. I I had been like a a subscriber for like it felt what felt like twenty years. Uh, but it just got too expensive for me, man. So I, I had to switch over to T-Mobile. But I, I I do miss Verizon. I do love Verizon in general, though.
1: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with Magenta. Magenta <laughs> treats where Magenta works in in big cities. You know what I'm saying? Big areas like you're in. Um, they're good and they take care of their customers. It's just they 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 don't like Midwesterns.
0: You know, I will say this: when I had when I was with Verizon, I felt like I had service anywhere bro like people just would not people would be amazed like that they would they wouldn't have service and they'd be like anybody got service around here i'm like i don't know what's wrong with y'all guys <laughs> phone but right here man I, uh but i used to love horizon signal all the time
1: yeah Great definitely stuff. but we'll see what happens the only reason i i just switched to their service the only reasons because employee discount
0: Ooh, man, <laughs> what's the percentage you get a nice percentage 50 off Ooh, okay so that's tempting, man. Well, it's uh, it's fantastic to have you here, Indy. Thank you so much, man, for certainly coming through. Uh, should certainly be a fantastic show. Um, I see you got some pups around there, huh?
1: Yeah, I got a little duped. tail. Yeah, I got Duke, my uh, stepdaughter's uh, chocolate lab. She She went out to go do some shopping for her birthday, so I'm babysitting right now
0: nice man nice as long uh, as he doesn't
1: eat that litter i'm good
0: <laughs> I'm, so, give it time give it time yeah, i'm sure yeah. we've got a clean a, a keen eye on it right now i'm pretty sure we'll <laughs> see him digging into it uh, within the next two hours so right. should be good. Uh, speaking of birthdays i actually just celebrated my my son's first birthday um, yesterday, uh, his birthday technically isn't until tomorrow, but we did celebrate it two days early. Yesterday, had ourselves a Sesame Street theme. Okay. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty awesome. I mean, I I loved having the whole entire family around. Cindy's family really came through. Her mom and her sister really just made a fantastic just showing uh, of uh, uh, his first birthday party. We had a pinata for him too. A uh, bunch of kids were hanging out with him and stuff. It was a really fun time. The smash cake. That we uh, his that uh, Cindy's sister made for us. Uh, the smash cake portion of the birthday didn't go so well. Uh, I don't think he really dug the idea of getting his hands all into the icing. He's kind of particular about textures, man.
1: Yeah, my daughter was the same way. Like on her first, she didn't rock with the smash cake at all.
0: Oh, like, really? Okay. Nah, nah. She she wanted
1: she does she doesn't like icing. She just wanted the cake.
0: <laughs> so like she got a hand
1: that she was just like this the whole time and then you just had to like feed her the cake because she didn't want the
0: icing <laughs> that's so funny because like even my kid when we put like bananas and strawberries and stuff like he'll play with the textures and he'll just sit there and he'll crush it in his hands no big deal but yeah something about the icing just kind of threw him off he got his hands all messy and he just started crying like what <laughs> do have to do with this um so, yeah and then he got it all over me as well but uh it was it was fun times man i just can't believe a a year has passed since the birth of my son i mean it talked about how time truly flies man
1: bro it goes it goes fast i looked up my daughter was two and i was like okay she'll be three next year i don't and then i was like that means i'm gonna be 40. like <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what to do anymore like i just want to stop counting
0: just yeah like that's, that. that's that's all we got to do indy you know i'm about to be 40 this year uh next month Uh, And at this point, I've just kind of lost track of it. Uh, You know what I mean? So uh, I'm just going to keep my head down and just keep pushing forward, man. Um, But uh, yeah, anyway. Thank you very much, guys, for certainly joining us. Um, It should be a fantastic show here today. Uh, I do want to give some quick shout-outs to people that are in the live chat with us. We got good old Enrique Perez, probably a cousin of mine from somewhere down our lineage, who certainly knows. Marcelino Vasquez is certainly in the house. Francois DuPont is definitely here also, along with good old Adam Perea, uh, the most talented man in the world, has graced us with his presence. Uh, We got Chris Crossman uh, in the house with us as well. Good old Dino Knight certainly coming through. Uh, Alexander's in the house, along with good old Jackson Peterson, not to be mistaken with Peter Jackson. Uh, good old uh, Jericho Gonzalez in the house with us. We got Carlo here as well. Uh, Michael Rimes. What's up, buddy? Good to see you also. Good old Carter Matthews here with us today. Uh, Morgan Hutchinson. What's up? Thank you so much for uh, spending your weekend with us. Uh, we got Adrian in the house. Abase is here with us today. Good old Kurt Marino also. John Schuyler. Good to see you in here, buddy. Uh, Nicole Robertson has certainly joined us as well. We got Roberto Bueno in the house uh, and because it's 5 o'clock somewhere, Jack Daniels has decided to certainly join us also. Uh, Datilla in the house, who I believe Detilla just recently went to a Spider-Man ex uh, exhibit or something like that that they had over um, in Cali. Uh, maybe she can tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, we got Blossom in the house. Uh, Marcelino's super stoked to have you back, Indy. He says, yay, Indy's back. But then he'll eventually leave somewhere halfway or near the end of the streams. He he just abandoned us, Indy. You abandoned us, Indy.
1: I, I don't I don't beat it. Like like I said, when you got kids and stuff running around, sometimes you just you. Like, hey, as far as you know, I'm a Power Ranger. Swordon called me to come do something, and I had to leave.
0: Absolutely, you got to keep that secret identity. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't know what he does when he's away from camera. <laughs> But uh, thank you so much, guys, for definitely joining us. Um, let's go ahead and kick off this show, Indy. Let's go ahead and get started, man, because uh, we got a packed episode to say the least. Um, honorable mentions, man. Kicking it off with some honorable mentions. Do you happen to have an honorable mention for today's show?
1: One uh, I don't know if anybody is interested in, but uh, <laughs> it's 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 special to me, man. There's a Sasuke manga um out right now,
0: okay, and
1: the the first issue, second second issue just came out. Uh, this past weekend but the first issue actually, actually surpassed the sales of what uh Naruto, the uh, uh the Barto the manga had done. So it, it was surprising that the Sasuke fans came out in droves and basically showing everybody what we actually want to see in the content. And then they let us down in the second issue and show us Sasuke fighting a dinosaur. So <laughs> yeah, uh, high praise just to hit low lows, but um american readers are really big are really getting into um and not just the anime and it's just amazing and i think i personally think a lot of it has to do with the uh comic book resurgence mm-hmm. and just people actually getting that print and reading that print they're actually going out and getting those mangas. so to me it's a good thing i'd rather read than watch you know unless it's uh game of thrones so i i have to i have to give praise what praises do
0: uh, I appreciate that, man. I, um, that's pretty cool. I appreciate that honorable mention. Um, when's the next episode of Anime Assembled that you guys are going to be doing?
1: Uh, next episode of Anime Assembled is actually next Saturday. And okay. then the Bleach review for episode four of uh, the Thousand Year Blood Art goes up Monday.
0: Okay, fantastic. Yeah, we're trying to increase a little bit of uh, a- a anime content for you guys. Uh, I know um, John and Indy are uh, doing a fantastic job when it comes to anime assembled, so they would have themselves a brand new episode dropping this week. Uh, and I believe we've got episodes 1 through 3 of the brand new Bleach series, the review uh, from Indy. Uh, or John, you might be you know, surprised uh, who you ever uh, <laughs> pop into for any of these particular reviews. Uh, but if you are big anime fans, uh, we do have some content for you guys here on the channel. Uh, Let's see here. A couple other honorable mentions for us to keep you guys updated on things. Uh, We got The Last of Us. This actually has crept up on me really quickly, Indy. Um, I feel like this uh, HBO Max original series is going to be here before we know it. If you guys happen to uh, miss the release date, it will be January 15th. So January 15th on HBO Max, the uh, highly acclaimed video game uh, gets a live action adaption. So uh, The Last of Us, January 15th, mark your calendars there as they uh, drop that brand new poster as well. Um, Other news for other popular uh, Netflix series or just series in general. The Sandman has, in fact, been renewed for a second season. Um, You know what, Indy, I have not finish the uh, first season of Sandman uh, I wind up finding myself just getting distracted and pulled away to watch other stuff um but um you know I got the opportunity to go to D- uh, Dallas fan festival last uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. And that plays Dream in here, uh, Tom Sturgeon. He um he actually did a fantastic QA panel. Um, he didn't mention at the time as to whether or not they were going to get themselves a season two, uh, but according to deadline, a uh, season two is on the way. So it did uh win it win itself a um a renewal. And I think when it comes to Netflix series, if we don't hear anything immediately, I think we just automatically worry uh when it comes to Netflix's um you know, it's. Uh, I want to say it's um, h- how quickly they get rid of series. Sometimes, you know what I mean. So, definitely was worrisome for some fans. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not for stuff leaving quickly, especially when I get attached to it. So I'm not happy about that. Like, wh- why can't every show be like the other stuff that's on Netflix? Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it, there's some stuff on Netflix. Been on Netflix since Netflix has begun.
0: Has <laughs> begun, and yeah.
1: and it should have been ended. <laughs> and have you?
0: Is- Oh go ahead.
1: Uh you talking about Sandman?
0: Yeah, I was curious if you had if you had checked it out for yourself, especially considering um it, it being a DC property.
1: I watched the first three episodes and then Titans came back and I got distracted. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, Titans. <laughs> the, the Titans definitely did drop this week. I got to go ahead and check out episode one. So, um, I'll definitely, if anything, I do plan on reviewing Titans for you guys here on the channel. So, definitely stay tuned for that. Um, another honorable mention. Um, you know, Indy, I'm actually kind of surprised. That the walking dead franchise is still continuing on as much as it has been um i've fallen off unfortunately after the first like negan season i think is where i eventually fell off at but it it definitely continued to power through i think i continue to find myself even more surprised that the spinoff the fear of the walking dead is like in its eighth season or seventh season or something bananas like that um I have fallen off so much from this franchise, but it clearly has a massive viewership to not only continue, but to have additional spinoffs headed our way. Uh, and this week we wind up getting some promotional images here for some of the upcoming spinoffs we got three brand new ones headed our way indeed we got some dead city which um tackles maggie and negan i believe in new york city of all places like this fascinates me in the sense of two things one because of the fact that i haven't kept up with the walking dead i have no idea how maggie and uh Negan are even talking after what he did to Glenn after all these years, but also the idea of a sitting a city setting for sort of the zombie apocalypse is uh, pretty intriguing to me. So we got Dead City. We also got. The Daryl Dixon series as he winds up apparently the synopsis is he founds himself mysteriously in Paris, France of all places. How he gets to Paris, France, I have no idea. Uh, I do believe he – I believe this series originally was supposed to be Daryl and somebody else. I I can't remember. Was it Carol? I believe it was like a Daryl and Carol series. Yeah, they were talking about Daryl and Carol. Um, And uh, I think she wind up walking away from the series. Maybe she's retired as an actress or she just was done uh, in that role. Who knows? But Daryl Dixon is getting his own series as well. So that's the second spinoff. And then last but not least, we've got Rick and Michonne. Um, I thought this was supposed to be like a limited series or like three movies or something but it says new series here for rick and michonne um and the actress that plays michonne i believe she's actually going to be one of the writers for this series also um this is the one that probably has me the most intrigued just because one i love these two characters and i've been waiting for andrew lincoln to return for quite some time now
1: yeah i think i fell off of walking dead the season right i didn't even get to see it the season that rick supposedly died Okay. And and honestly, I, that, I was a huge Walking Dead fan. I love the fact that they're able, this is how you properly expand a, a world um when the written material, the source material has ended. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They do a real good job at expanding the world without the source material. And um I didn't, it wasn't that I didn't like what was going on, it was the fact that we had so many CW shows added. <laughs> at that time that something had to give and I always felt like I could go back and watch The Walking Dead later and not miss anything and then Fear of the Walking Dead came out and I just got lost in it. Other- I'm like I'm not watching all of this <laughs> and, yeah. and that that's basically what happened and I was like cool I, I'll check it later now this announcement makes me want to go back to Netflix and pick up where I left off at yeah and check out and see what's going on because man uh Andrew Lincoln coming back is a big plus for me you know what I'm saying because he was my favorite character on the show I know I'm I'm sorry for all you Daryl Dixon fan ladies calm down (laughs) calm down there's nothing wrong with Daryl but for me he was not in the source material so he's just an extra character for me and um, I'm actually interested in that Dead City Um, Mm -hmm. just to see how that relationship will work because uh, Negan's character from what from what I heard evolved into something you know what i'm saying amazing and i want to see what where that's where that's going because i got tired of like you i got i kind of got tired of the same old negan you know what i'm saying and if that character development is somebody that could actually you know what i'm saying be friends or co-workers with the wife of the dude's head she he smashed in yeah. I, i'm interested i'm interested to see what type of character development happened to make that possible
0: Yeah, no, I definitely feel you there. And I definitely have the same feeling in the sense of like, man, maybe I should uh, revisit some of these series and get caught up a little bit more. Um, So, yeah, those are brand new uh, spinoffs headed your way, guys. Um, Next up, um, you know, The Acolyte is back in the news. um, It's highly anticipated Star Wars series. Um, New casting information just came out this past week. Uh, You guys will certainly remember her, the fantastic actress in Daphne Keene. Uh, the last time you probably saw her was in, uh, the Logan series as, um, X 23, um, or the, the Logan movie, I should certainly say, um, she was just recently also in the HBO max series, his dark materials. Um, I only checked out the first season of that, but, um, from what I hear, she's, she does an amazing job in it, but, uh, Daphne Keen has been cast in the acolytes. Um, no particular, um, information as to what role that she's going to play. Um, but it has me hoping that she's like a synth, Sith apprentice or something. I would love to see her as a Sith apprentice uh, at some point in time. But uh, Daphne Keane will be in the Acolyte. And last but not least, um, Indy, Avatar. Uh, wind up dropping a brand new trailer here this week. Uh, I did myself a reaction and quick thoughts video on the way of the Water official trailer that we wind up having earlier this week. Um, I've given my thoughts on the official trailer, but I wanted to go ahead and get your thoughts on it. I know you haven't necessarily been the biggest fan of the Avatar franchise in general, um, but we've started to see more articles, more footage uh, of this particular film. What did you think of the official trailer? Did it win you over? You, still a snooze fest for you as you... Uh, uh, lead it to snooze fest, but I'm
1: gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you what did me win me over. Your reaction, because I feel like this is something that I have to go into with open eyes from like your perspective. You know what I'm saying? And watch to be able to hold an intelligent conversation with you on what this movie is. So I'm I'm what I'm gonna go see this movie for Mr. A plus opinion, Adam <laughs> Perez, and nobody else. And if I don't like the movie, I will ask for my 1995 back. <laughs> <laughs> that I spent on my eight dollar popcorn <laughs> and my movie ticket. We need to now, get you
0: an AMC Stubbs A-list, man. No, nah,
1: this, this actually looks interesting. I don't know, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to handle the length of the movie.
0: Oh yeah, but, it's like three plus hours, right? Yeah,
1: but but to me, every and anytime I watch the original avatar, I just feel like they ripped off Fernboli. So <laughs> um th- th- that's what I go in looking, but I'm interested in seeing what type of story they can bend out of the last movie that they had. So I'm willing to give it a chance. I was just not a fan of the, I was I wasn't a fan of the 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 fanfare over the first. You know what I'm saying over the first movie. Yeah, it was some cool tech that they used and stuff like that. But I, I was more I was more the person of let's give the dude in the Godzilla suit praise. You know what I'm saying and stuff like that for what they had to go through. But we'll see what happens. I I might go see the movie and just totally enjoy it. They might actually have to me what to me is a better story. It just seemed like Ferngully ripped off. Burngali and Pocahontas, you know what I'm saying? Blended together, and they threw effects on it.
0: No, I get you. I feel like that's, a, that's the that's um, the the critique I hear a lot is the fact that they a lot of people feel like Avatar when you strip away the technology aspect of things ends up being just another. Um, Generic, generic film. You know what I mean? Um, but for, for me, I, I will say this in regards to the trailer, while it didn't blow me away, I think if you watch my reaction, I'm not sitting there like, ooh ah. like it, it wasn't anything crazy. But I think what I for me, there was just like a wholesome aspect about it. Uh, about the idea of having to return to this particular world, seeing like visually just it being stunning. I felt like the trailer moved me in the sense of really wanting to kind of just go back to that world and see these characters and seeing that Jake now has himself uh, a family. Um, You know, the idea of seeing even his wife hunting while she's pregnant and like just the little things of her pulling the bow back, kind of getting in the way of her stomach and her having to kind of readjust. It kind of brought a wholesome family vibe to this massive world that we're getting the opportunity to explore even more of. That's the type of stuff that it it kind of fascinated me in that sense of just enjoying return to this planet um and uh, you know i i don't know what story they're really going to be tackling in here um but you know i I, the one thing i always say is leave it up to james cameron to really be able to 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 tackle universal themes extremely well and so while i think it may be kind of a generic film for most people i do think that there's concepts and storylines and ideas within the film uh that i think a lot of people can um um, attach themselves to or at least relate to in a certain aspect. Um, so uh, for me, it'll be interesting to um, to go back here, but uh, we'll see um, how the movie itself turns out. December 16th, guys. Um, I don't believe tickets are on sale as of yet. Do you know if tickets are on sale, Indy? Have you seen anything like that? Uh,
1: I've seen tickets getting ready to go on sale like when I passed my AMC, but okay. I haven't seen like tickets
0: on sale on, on sale right. yet. <laughs> um, so keep an eye out on that, guys. But yeah, December 16th is the big day. And that will do it for honorable mentions today. So thank you very much, guys, for certainly coming through. Um, uh, Marcelino says, I purposely avoided the Avatar 2 trailer because trailers today just spoil the entire movie. I don't necessarily felt like this one spoiled um, the movie, though. I think it just kind of lays the basis down or like the premise of of the film but i didn't feel like the this particular official trailer spoiled anything i would say maybe the second official trailer that we get maybe uh maybe beware viewer beware is what i would certainly say there did you feel like it spoiled anything for you indy
1: i don't feel like it spoiled anything at all i feel like now nowadays trailers are made up to where we have no idea what's going to happen Half the stuff that's in the trailer doesn't even happen in the movie now.
0: That's true. I think Marvel's become like the uh, the master of that, of yeah. the misdirect. Um. All right, guys. With that out of the way, that does wrap up all of our honorable mentions. Um, and if anything, I think it's time for us to go ahead and tackle our main topics. Um, I think we got some amazing ones here, Indy. So let's go ahead and get into it, man. You ready to go ahead and tackle these with me? Let's go. First up, ladies and gentlemen, um, we are going to get into our Marvel bag. We'll we'll start off today with some Marvel talk for you guys. Um, As, um, you know, one of the series that had recently got announced certainly perked up my ears, and that is Marvel Studios' Wonder Man. Um, At the heart of Wonder Man, I believe we have Daniel... De- uh, Destin Daniel Creighton, the um, the filmmaker that went ahead and did Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Uh, he was on board to be the showrunner and co-writer uh, for this particular um, series that we're going to be getting. I believe he might be directing a couple of episodes here or there. I'm not quite sure. But ever since we've gotten the announcement about Wonder Man, uh, it has, uh, we haven't really necessarily gotten too much news. Uh, but this past week, I feel like the floodgates have have definitely opened up in regards to this upcoming wonder man series if anything i'll probably have indy at some point in time here as we discuss this to kind of give us his thoughts in regards to the wonder man character maybe a quick breakdown of the character for you guys um because he is uh, a very um new character when it comes to the mcu if you fought for if you followed the Marvel comic books at all, he's definitely not like an A-level, B-level kind of character, uh, if you will. Um, but uh, when it comes to Marvel, they always do a fantastic job of elevating a lot of these characters. And so this past week, we finally got ourselves the lead actor that's going to be playing Mr. Simon Williams himself, a.k.a. Wonder Man. Uh, and this was quite the surprise, to say the least, Indy, um, as a Deadline is, in fact, reporting that Yaya Yahya Abdul-Mateen II has been tapped to lead the Marvel series for Disney. Um, This news, again, comes to us from Deadline.com. And let's go ahead and get into this, Indy, because I think this is fantastic news. I feel like also just uh, Yahya, his star just continues to rise at this point for me. Like, I, I do look at him as a star in Hollywood at this point I like I I can't even say his stars on the rise because he's just landed himself some uh, amazing opportunities whether that be Black Manta in Aquaman uh, whether that be him as candyman uh, I feel like we've seen him I, he was also in the Watchmen series if I'm not mistaken as dr. Manhattan also um, so yaya definitely brings not only a top level sort of performance um, You know, anytime his name is certainly mentioned, but when it comes to the comic book world or anything that needs to be adapted, uh, he definitely has made a name for himself. So this is an exclusive report. It says coming off some of his of the best reviews of his career for his work on Broadway's revival of the Pulitzer Prize winning Susan Laurie Parks play top dog, underdog, Yaya Abdul-Mateen is preparing to move over from DC to Marvel as the lead for studios, uh, the studio's Disney Plus series, Wonder Man. I had no idea that he was even on Broadway now. So really even expanding his... Um, his uh, his reach, if you will, in uh, regards to what he's getting himself into. It says the live-action Wonder Man series was first announced as entering development in June with Shang-Chi, Helmer, Destin, Daniel Creighton, and the Hawkeye co-producer Andrew Guest, both both announcing their involvement. Creighton will direct and executive produce uh, with Guest serving as, uh, as head writer. As previously announced, the show will see the return of Oscar winner Ben Kingsley's Trevor Slattery as well. Last time we saw Trevor uh, Slattery, he was also in the Shang-Chi movie. Uh, the supervillain turned good guy known as the Mandarin who appeared in Iron Man 3 and in Shang-Chi. It does say that Abdul Mateen is best known for his superhero sphere for his work on HBO's Watchmen, having won his first Emmy back in 2020 for his turn as Carl Uh, A bar Dr. Manhattan I didn't even know he won an Emmy for that role extremely well deserved if you ask me I thought he was amazing in that Uh, it says the actor also tied himself to Aquaman Um, he's he's going to be returning as Black Manta Manta in the Aquaman series um, sequel also Um, and he also popped up in The Matrix Resurrections, I forgot about that one, Indy, along with The Trial of the Chicago 7. So he's just been um, doing some amazing work, to say the least. And he has now been tapped and brought into the MCU. And this gets me extremely excited. So, um, Indy. I will throw this to you first. Um, Since you are finally back here, I definitely want to go ahead and get your thoughts, not only on the casting of this, but please give us some background and some information in regards to the Wonder Man character, um, if you will. So uh, what are your thoughts, man?
1: It's amazing. I love this. Um, I feel like it's the perfect casting for the character. Uh, A lot of people might not like the fact that... um, it's African American male being cast, you know what I'm saying, as Wonder Man. But it, it's a multiverse, so you know what I'm saying that that doesn't bother me. There's somewhere out there, Wolverine is a cat, so I'm not, you know what I'm saying. I'm not too worried about that. But um, Wonder Man, to me, I think this casting is bigger than what people might believe if they know a little bit about the history of Wonder Man, uh, Mr. Simon Williams, uh, because he was an Avenger, a West Coast Avenger, a Defender. He worked for Shield. Lethal Legion, the Masters of Evil, you know what I'm saying? The Revengers. Uh, he, he's been around when it comes to it. The the most interesting thing that I feel has a direct tie to this to this character being casted is um I think it was like Avengers like 102 or something like that. But it, it was a it, back back in the day. We talk about like the early 70s. Um he made a he made like a cameo, but it was just like the body. He was like in a comatose state and he ended up being revived by Kang, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and being used uh, against uh, the Avengers. So it's gonna be interesting if they take a little bit of that leeway and use that, especially with these big Kang-esque movies that we have coming up, the way that they love to tie, you know what I'm saying, comic lore and twist it in the way they want it to be. But an- another key figure, uh, Uh, to me in this especially with the rumors of iron man possibly coming back is that uh the man who is wonder man simon williams uh he was the son of like this rich um uh like will you say industrialist. oh yeah um, that uh his father owned a munitions factory and the munitions factory ended up going out of business due to tony stark and stark industries so um Simon ends up trying to like embezzle, embezzle funds to try to keep the factory alive, ends up being caught and incarcerated, and then he ends up blaming Tony Stark for um, what's going on, and then ends up accepting uh, like a proposition that Baron Zemo gave him. And it, 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 it involves the Enchantress, like all this stuff gets coming on. He ends up getting tied up with Vision, the West Coast Avengers, Hank Pym, Ultron, Dr. Doom. He, he has a, although he's like a C-list character or a B-list character, there's a lot that he has that encompasses when it comes to the Marvel Universe that could transition over to the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
0: Yeah, man, I, I absolutely do agree. He's got some, um, he's got some amazing. I, I always a big fan of Wonder Man, but I think for me, he really even took even further shape when we wind up getting him into his like I, ionic form. Um, mm-hmm. I was always a big fan of this particular design, especially from one of my favorite artists uh, in George Perez. I felt like that he drew him uh, in just an amazing way, unlike any other form I had seen him in before. But I was always a big fan. This is like a later form of. Um, of simon williams wonder man him um fully embracing the ionic form at some point in time um, but yeah you did a, a fantastic job in breaking down the wonder man history and just really showing how massive an um, involvement um that yaya abdul mateen here as wonder man could potentially have um you know for me I- i'm a big fan of this particular casting um I-, I can't wait to see what he does um in this role if you ask me uh if anything i i would be kind of curious to see it, do they introduce him sort of as a, a villain to the Avengers Uh, first off? I mean, I think that's how we we're first initially uh, introduced to him, if I'm not mistaken, as a villain towards the Avengers. But then he eventually does uh, befriend them and become a member of the team itself. Um, So, you know, I think this is also the series itself, the way they've talked about it uh, or at least have hinted at it, that it might be kind of like a satire towards uh, Hollywood, you know, Wonder Man might actually be an actor of some sort. Um, I believe that's what his role was in, uh, like, the West Coast Avengers uh, to a certain extent. So, I, I, if when they start saying talk about the Hollywood satire, there is something pretty fascinating about it. Like, I do wonder, you know, one of the things Indy I was trying to predict or at least speculate on in regards to how they'll pull they would pull this off. I almost wonder if. Simon Williams is an actor and say the Wonder Man, the Wonder Man is his character that he's playing, like maybe they're creating like a Wonder Man movie or something like that, and he's playing that character. So I do wonder if there's a little bit of a over the topness to Yaya as Wonder Man, but then maybe perhaps something actually happens to him. And he winds up acquiring powers or whatever the case may be. Like, you know, the, the idea that there's pushback on the idea of Yaya being a, a black guy and Wonder Man in the comic books being white. Look, we've we've seen the race bending and stuff um, over the years when it comes to certain characters. So that kind of stuff doesn't phase me. But I do think that there's more here to this. And I, I don't necessarily think he's just going to be playing Wonder Man as we know him to be as Wonder Man. I have a feeling maybe we'll see him in the superhero <laughs> form to go ahead and start off the movie. But there's something that I think that maybe by the end of this film, I have a feeling he might fit more the ionic form, uh, if anything. I think visually it would be pretty cool if they were able to pull this off in the MCU. Uh, we have seen Yaya before, donned a different color as blue as Doctor Manhattan. You know, so he has kind of played these very CG heavy characters before um so i do think that they would be a really cool blend of being able for us to see wonder man as say his character first and foremost uh maybe playing it up as he's like for some reason i think of like last action hero with like uh arnold schwarzenegger like i would love to see yaya as wonder man in that sort of character role but then maybe something happens to him and he winds up becoming the ionic form of him and maybe that's how Uh, things turn out for him. I don't know. That's just speculation on my part and something I would certainly love to see. Um, So I do think that there is uh, plenty here for Yaya to definitely sink his teeth into. You know, one of the other aspects that really fascinate me too, Indy, is the idea of the connection that we usually have uh, when it comes to a love triangle uh, between him, um, Wanda, along with the, um, the vision. Um, now, in the comic books, correct me if I'm wrong, Indy, but I believe vision is created with the brain waves of Simon Williams. And that's where he, vision gets sort of his personality traits. Clearly, vision and Wanda fall in love with one another. But once something happens with vision and it's just Wanda by himself, uh, I believe it's Simon Williams that winds up falling in love. With Wanda, and they both wind up falling in love with each other once again, which makes sense. I mean, if Vision has the mindset and personality of Simon, you can see why Simon and uh, Wanda at some point in time would become a couple. Um, So I am kind of intrigued to see if they include that in here in any way. Um, especially with um, Elizabeth Olsen uh, and how we last saw her in Doctor Strange 2. I don't know how they plan on certainly bringing her back. Um, But, um, you know, while there may not be a love interest in this series, I do find it fascinating that they're even introducing the concept of a Simon Williams in here in the first place, how he will eventually play a bigger role when it comes to Scarlet Witch and the vision that I don't know. But I do find it interesting that we've got a Wonder Man series and a vision quest series in the works and i do wonder if any of those will end up being connected in some way or another All right we got a we got a vision going around right now that doesn't quite know who he is um it'll be interesting if maybe vision winds up acquiring the brainwaves of simon williams at some particular point in time but you know the idea of wonder man being white in the comics doesn't bother me just because i've seen wonder man take so many different forms before in the comics that i do think that yaya abdul mateen would fit this character perfectly and i think it gives him the opportunity to stretch out his range a little bit when it comes to performances so i think we're gonna have some fun seeing him in that hollywood satire role Along with the superhero role, and um, I hope, um, I'm hoping it's more ionic form than anything when it comes to this character in the MCU. But um, I'm really open to anything, Indy. So, uh, I think this is um great news, man, and uh, really excited to see somebody as talented as Yaya now finally in the MCU. I think he's gonna have a fantastic time here.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I think I don't think Yaya takes this role without something big, you know what I'm saying, right, H- H- happening with it and with the type of power set like you said that somebody like uh Wonder Man has is going to be amazing because he's dang near immortal it's like uh it's to, to me it's like Silver Surfer s levels of power mm. and when it when it comes to yaya ya- ya with his energy manipulation his immortality teleportation shape-shifting I think he has a healing factor I think he could change his size uh speed like the normal speed agility stamina superhuman strength like he has everything that you could possibly want in a superhero or or what you could possibly might want to face as a villain
0: yeah absolutely and i agree with you i don't think he comes on board for this just to get like a series out of it you know what mm-hmm. i mean uh i do think that they probably have much bigger plans for him you know i did have this idea in my head that i thought it would be pretty interesting um in the comic books, it's vision that winds up having the brain waves of Simon. I, I do wonder also if there's a sense of maybe they flip that here in the MCU. Like maybe even Wonderman, what if Wonder Man's not even like a real person? Like what if he what if after the events of WandaVision, right? They 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 are upset because of the fact that they lost vision. Because they were trying to rebuild vision, right, and and mm-hmm. put them back together to work for him. What if after they lost vision, they decided, let's just change course. Let's not recreate a vision. Let's create ourselves a Wonder Man. And what if they gave this Wonder Man a personality, and this personality was that of vision? Mm. And they implanted it into Simon Williams, and Simon Williams goes out there, android of his own maybe, who knows? Maybe he becomes an actor and he's got the superhero persona about him. Maybe that's where Ben Kingsley's uh sl- you know Trevor Slattery comes in. Maybe he's like a-, a co-lead in this Wonder Man movie or something like that. Just something over the top. Um, it would it would be interesting for somebody like a, 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 a Wanda to eventually a Wanda to eventually come in um, and maybe fall for Simon. I don't know. I I I just will say this. I want to see. A love triangle at some point between these three i just i feel like it's got to happen man it's got to happen at some point
1: yeah definitely be looking for something like that that'll be an interesting twist in the story especially with when you bring wanda back and having her get over whatever she's got over and being thrust (sighs) and having to deal with something like that is some some weird but entertaining character development
0: (laughs) very weird stuff very weird stuff we'll see how much actually gets adapted though
1: yeah, she has a thing for androids. We need to we need to send her to like Androids Anonymous and tell her you need something that's really flesh and blood, sister. Like,
0: yeah, let's like, uh, like, uh cap,
1: cap is right there.
0: Yeah, let's let's have you a chance to make some real babies, you know. You want a real family? We'll make it happen. Yeah, um, let's see here. And speaking of Wonder Man, uh, not only has Yaya Abdul Mateen been cast, but you know, Indy. there's actually some reports out there that we might have ourselves uh, an additional casting. Let me go ahead and uh, pull this up here for you. This actually comes to us from the Illuminati. Um, I wanted to go ahead and get ahead of this news just before maybe like deadline and variety and then start reporting this. Because um, I do believe that there is something to this. The Illuminati is saying that Wonder Man production is eyeing Bob Odenkirk has a particular secret role in here and you guys have probably seen him from better call saul um along with breaking bad and uh so many other fantastic movies that he's certainly been a part of um but it does say here it says will bob odenkirk join the wonder man series it says before we talk about the news let's go over a little oh never mind he's gonna go over some um uh they were gonna go over some uh It says managers are paid, of course, Council, Where does this information at? Hold on a second. Sometimes I hate the way that they put together or form their their articles in here, man. Like, they take forever to get to the point of their articles, to be quite honest with you. Um, Let's see here. I'm trying to see. Man, those dogs are having a field day, bro. Oh, here we go. It says our source only told us that Bob Odenkirk is the actor the production wants for a special role in the Wonder Man series. We don't know anything else about this particular role, but based on comic history uh neil saroyan Cer- uh, who is um simon williams agent in the comic books is a perfect fit it does say that neil was introduced in wonder man uh issue number one as williams agents those though agents and managers are different the general pop uh, population would not care if they were interchanged and it would make sense to use a job title um that is a bit more personal. So um, they're suggesting here that they might be in the looks for Bob Odenkirk to go ahead and play Wonder Man's agent. Um I kind of I kind of dig that. I feel like um for, for Bob that might be a, a, a pretty good fit somewhere, Indy. What do you think though?
1: I totally agree with that. And I love I love the way he plays characters, and I think this might be the perfect role for him as far as going into the MCU. Um, the only other thing I can think of him as, to be honest, that fits with me is like wacky lawyer that gets off all the C-list, you know what I'm saying, villains, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like like oh, th- this person decided to rob a bank in a uh in a cat costume uh off so that that would be interesting to me.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree, man. I definitely agree. Um, We'll see if this winds up coming to light, but we'll definitely keep you guys um, up to date uh, when that uh, certainly happens. Uh, So we'll see if that comes to fruition. But um, I'm pretty pumped, honestly, in regards to uh, the Wonder Man series as a whole. uh, And uh, we'll definitely keep you guys posted. Uh, But yeah, guys, let us know your thoughts in the live chat or the comment section box below. Yaya Abdul Mateen is Wonder Man. Uh, Let us know how you guys feel about it. And, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and tackle that later. All right. Um, let's go ahead and jump into our next topic for you guys here. Um, let's see here. From Wonder Man uh, to our good old Captain America as Anthony Mackey is back in the news as good old Sam Wilson. Um, I feel like a lot of movement has been happening in between Captain America 4 along with Thunderbolts. Um, over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking to you guys about the addition to the MCU and Harrison Ford, uh, who has, in fact, been um, recast to go ahead and play. Or I should say Thunderbolt Ross has been recast uh, and will, in fact, be played by Harrison Ford, certainly going forward. Uh, and it seems as though we're going to get the opportunity to see Thunderbolt Ross not just in Thunderbolts, but clearly also in Captain America Uh, And if you guys remember any of the history between General Ross uh, and our Avengers, it hasn't been the most pleasant, especially since the Sokovia Accords. Um, And it seems as though General Ross is getting back into things when it comes to some of our Avengers. Uh, In this past week, uh, I believe it was the writers from Captain America 4 or the producer from Captain America 4 uh, that hints at the idea of, Captain America and General uh, General Ross clashing. Um, so let's go ahead and dive into this and see exactly uh, what we're going to be getting here between these two characters. Uh, as we've got two, uh, two, two new actors taking these uh, mantles, if you will. Uh, but this comes to us from Collider.com. Sam Wilson will clash with Thunderbolt Ross, says the producer Nate more. Uh, Talking about Captain America 4 here, uh, it does say that um, with Ryan Coogler's sequel, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, just on the horizon, ushering into bittersweet close to the MCU Phase 4, it's time to begin looking to the future. Uh, Phase 5 and 6 were mapped out for the next coming years. Uh, Set for a 2024 release was the fourth Captain America sequel, uh, New World Order, marking Anthony Mackie's first full-level the debut as the new Captain America. Uh, they had the opportunity to sit down with the producer of the film Nate Moore for an exclusive tease. Uh, let's see here. It says uh, though, though not much was previously disclosed regarding the film's plot, director Julius Ona uh, saying, I'm really excited to see this man go from a counselor uh, as an ex-army vet to a falcon to Captain America and Uh, bring that set of experiences and that point of view into the decision making that one has to make as this incredibly powerful character in the mcu um they also go on to talk about the idea says the producer played coy at first allowing that they were very happy with the script but was then plenty forthcoming when asked for a tease including confirming harrison ford as general thaddeus thunderbolt ross this is what he says he says well look Sam Wilson's Captain America, he is going to bring his own team to play. It's no secret that Samuel Stearns is making his return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is fantastic because Tim Blake Nelson's the best. Harrison Ford is taking on the role of General Thaddeus Ross. And to see Sam Wilson and Thunderbolt Ross, which, if you remember, actually threw him in prison at the end of Civil War because he violated the Sokovia Accords, there's going to be some natural sparks there. There, which i think uh, are going to be really fun um so yeah it looks like we're definitely going to be having harrison ford and anthony mackie clashing here uh and this really gets me hyped indy if i could be quite frank with you man um look i i feel like anytime you get anybody opposite of harrison ford uh it's pretty intriguing like for me i really want to see the acting chops of anthony mackie shine here against somebody that's uh, in harrison ford that will really raise his performance level if you ask me not to say that anthony mackie ever um like phones it in or anything like that but for me there is something fascinating to see a talent like anthony mackie on the opposite side of somebody as popular and polarizing as harrison ford i mean this guy carries a gravitas around him wherever he certainly is. He captures the screen when he's certainly on there. So to bring his level of experience um, from all his films as our new General Ross to go ahead and butt, butt heads against a Sam Wilson, uh, I think this is uh, makes for some great drama and really great compelling uh, storytelling, if you ask me. Uh, if anything, I do love that the article brings up their uh, connection from Civil War. Having uh, arrested and captured Sam Wilson for a short period of time as well due to the Sokovia Accords. But I do think that Harrison Ford's involvement as Ross, not only in Captain America 4, but also Thunderbolts, uh, is, is really appealing to me. And I think a really big tease that something is coming. Uh, I don't necessarily like if you want to recast General Ross, I think they probably could have just recast him as anybody if they certainly wanted to, if he planned on keeping his sort of um, supporting role, if you will. But I do think that now is General Ross's time to really shine. I think ever since they introduced the Ross character, a lot of us have been hoping for a Red Hulk turn here. And, Indy, I just don't think you bring in Harrison Ford just to play Ross. I think you bring him in not only to play Ross and to cause mayhem for poor Sam Wilson and everybody else, but I do think we're going to get ourselves a massive turn here from Thaddeus Ross finally into a Red Hulk. And when you've got the leader... As the villain of Captain America 4, we know the leader's attachment to anything Hulk-related from the past when it comes to comic books. You look at how Ross might be used when it comes to a Thunderbolts team. If we've got no Avengers and you need a a global threat perhaps to get and put together a team and just put people together like, hey, we've got to face this. Who could that threat be? Maybe they've got to go ahead and take care of a Hulk themselves. I think that would be really fascinating to me, and I do think that's the reason why they bring in Harrison Ford. But if we've got the same writers from Falcon and the Winter Soldier set to go ahead and tackle this Captain America 4 movie, if I'm not mistaken. I think they did some amazing uh, stuff when it comes to drama, societal issues. Uh, And if you need to write a scene between Harrison Ford and Anthony Mackie, uh, that's a scene that I really want to sink my teeth into because I think we're going to get some amazing, amazing content out of this indie. Um, but uh, so I'm pumped for this, man. I- I'm pumped to see Anthony Mackey and Harrison Ford on screen together. But you hear this. You read this article. Um, what are some of the things that you're kind of hoping for from this involvement of uh, Harrison Ford and Anthony Mackey together on screen?
1: stand and learn the type of actor that Anthony Mackie actually is. You know what I'm saying? He's more than just a comic side relief or you know what I'm saying, the side hero or he's more than what he was as the lead and She Hate Me. You know, he he really has uh um a body of work that allows him to be able to be in any situation, you know what I'm saying, up against any polarizing figure. I mean, for the short time that he was in 8 Mile, you might say he was across from one of the most polarizing figures, you know what I'm saying, in pop culture uh, with Eminem playing opposite of him. You know, he's he's been, had big roles, he's done this before, and I think that people will actually start to, Then this is the fandom, this isn't like people in MCU, that the fandom will actually start to accept him as Captain America after seeing him in this role opposite Harrison Ford and that's why I think you cast somebody like Harrison Ford to add legitimacy mm. of this person that you just picked to play Captain America that some people are still iffy about and that's what I think you'll get along with you know what I'm saying adding legitimacy to the Thunderbolts and everything like that by showing you this, these are the type of uh actors that were putting in place to play these iconic characters because to be honest with you when you look at the Thunderbolts roster who is really there that you know what I'm saying for you to grab onto bite onto that's actually selling you know what I'm saying that movie you put mm, Harry Ford point. in that role and he sells that movie no matter and this isn't knocking the rest of the cast but everybody in that cast was a side character no matter how much we like them because we love them in the roles that they played in we believe that they did excellent jobs You know what I'm saying? And and especially um, girl plays Jelena. Everything she's been in, she's been good in. Uh, We we have an excellent cast, but who sells that ticket? Who gets butts out of seats to make them go see that movie? And I believe that's why Harrison Ford was put into that position. Because uh, uh, the guy who used to play him, you know what I'm saying? Rest in heaven, no disrespect. I don't think he sells a movie the way that Harrison Ford sells a movie.
0: Do you think they, had he not passed... Do you think they would have recast anyway, or no? I think they would have. I think, you it would think have so. Been,
1: I think it would have been a sense of we have a multiverse now. We could replace this role. We have like we have a role for him somewhere in the multiverse. But let's let's keep him over here. Let's recast this to put you know what I'm saying awareness on what's going on because her, it, now it's Harrison Ford versus Captain America. They don't. <laughs> they don't even look. They don't even look you know,
0: at Indiana Jones as, against yeah. Captain. America. <laughs>
1: Just think about uh, promoting Indiana Jones 5 at the same time you're promoting Captain America, you're promoting the Thunderbolts, you know what I'm saying? You're getting getting more, you know what I'm saying, for your money when it comes to Harrison Ford. Um, So, and uh, again, letting people see that it's Harrison Ford standing against Anthony Mackie you know what I'm saying, not Captain America. Because right now it's like Harrison Ford is taking on Captain America. That That's what the headlines and stuff are saying. Like, no, that's Anthony Mackie playing Captain America. <laughs> Get that man his, you know what I'm saying, his respect for what he's been doing in MCU for the past 10 years. He's been here for 10 years. This is Harrison Ford's first, you know what I'm saying, go around. Get that man his respect, but it'll do the same thing for the Thunderbolts. You know what I'm saying? Some of these characters in the Thunderbolts have been around for forever, you know? so let's see let's see what happens and hey if it's going to bring more shine to what's going on in the mcu much better let some of these directors and some of these writers shut up about the mcu not being real movies when you have actors like harrison ford yeah yeah you know what i'm saying all these 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 grand level actors who have roles in these movies who did not have to take them it was more than just a payday for him because some of them aren't just going to take roles for a payday. They didn't get paid for anywhere. It's the story and the character that they're here for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I you know I don't know if they would have um, recast him um, even if he hadn't passed away. But regardless, I, I do think that Harrison's Ford does bring does – People into seats, and I, I would agree with you in the sense that now, when you look at Thunderbolts, the idea of having Harrison Ford attached to it probably does nothing but really elevate it um, and even put more eyes on that particular series. Because again, general audiences probably don't know too much about who's a Thunderbolts team, right? But if you see like Harrison Ford uh, in the Thunderbolts, you might your ears might perk up and certainly give it a shot more than you probably would have beforehand. But you know, to go back on something that you said, Indy, the idea of bringing in Harrison Ford you know maybe to like rub some of his stardom on Anthony Mackie and to kind of like have people accept him a little bit more as Captain America I do think there's maybe some truth to that but you know I would push back and just say you know when I looked at Falcon and the Winter Soldier you know by the end of that series I I, well again I'm just one person Uh, you know I fully accepted Anthony Mackie as Captain America, especially like the speech that he winds up giving to everybody towards the end, right. With the paramedics and the officers and the big crowd around. I felt like the speech that he gave was a really great one in the sense of establishing like, Hey, I'm the new Captain America now. Uh, And I think the writers did an amazing job in regards to really building um, the Sam Wilson character um, through that series. Um, to get to that point at the very end. Uh, And so I think the not only the performance of Anthony Mackie, but the incredible storytelling that they were able to do, um, considering where Sam Wilson's character had started off from, from the Winter Soldier when we first seen him. And like you mentioned, he'd been here for like 10 years, right? Like the journey that this man has been on. I would hope that most fandoms now automatically see him as Captain America. But... There's always going to be some convincing, you know, Uh, and I think you're right. I think the idea of having Harrison Ford in here and being able to see what that clash is going to be like might end up having more people on Sam Wilson's side as the new Captain America. But I I think this I think context, like the content that we're going to get in this movie uh, is going to be pretty heavy, especially with Isaiah Bradley returning. The black Captain America is going to be in this also. Um, I, I would be really fascinated to see how this all fits but I do think we're gonna get some great content out of this Captain America Four movie, Indy. I really do.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to this movie. Um, and I'm just looking forward to the, seeing what what type of experience the Harrison Ford brings, you know what I'm saying, to a cast that's uh not I'm not gonna say that they're not uh weathered actors, like they don't have experience, but they don't have that man's experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, they don't have that man's <laughs> experience, absolutely. And it's just interesting. I mean, and we've seen him in you know star wars properties uh indiana jones stuff but we never really seen him in a comic book movie before have we in the comic book genre uh
1: not that i can recall i mean i i basically feel like indiana jones is a big comic book
0: yeah i was gonna say some people might just consider it like oh it's just it it should be like the same right yeah star wars is
1: more than else basically what a comic, you know what I'm saying, a comic book is like. So we've seen him in a similar genre, but have we seen him as like this type of antagonist when it comes to, you know what I'm saying, villain, like like super powered villain type thing. This is this is what's gonna be interesting. Yeah. But I do like the fact that for this we might be able to keep him safe because if anything, all the combat will be CGI. We don't have to to worry about a reporter talking about Harrison Ford broke his leg on set.
0: (laughs) Just put some dots on Harrison. Please keep this man as safe as possible. He's gonna have a hell of a year. From 2023 with uh, Indiana Jones into 2024 with Captain America 4 and Thunderbolts, um, he's gonna have a great year run for sure.
1: I got something better for you. Don't even put the dots on Harrison. Just have Harrison do uh, do the voice. Put the dots on Braun Strowman and let Ooh. him be the, be the uh you know what i'm saying the, the thing for the hulk
0: oh, yeah i dig it man i dig that uh so yeah we'll see how it turns out man but um i believe somebody in the comments uh sarah what's up Sarav? he says um i heard harrison ford was in the running for ross after william Hurt's unfortunate demise is he confirmed to appear as the same <coughs> uh yes he is um even the producer in this article mentioned that as we read earlier um, so he has been confirmed uh marcelino says um I know a lot of Hulk fans are pissed at General Ross and the leader are in, in the Captain America film and not a Hulk film. This is actually the reason why they refuse to watch Shang-Chi and Thor 3. Uh, why? Like, the idea of nobody wanting to watch Shang-Chi because, what, the abomination pops in there for, like, two minutes is childish. Please get out of here with that bullshit. Thor 3? What was Thor 3? Oh, Ragnarok because he because Hulk was in it? Um, you know, there's reasons in comic book lore for them to even interact or hulk to even be in there in the first place um so i'm perfectly uh, okay with that i mean i guess the idea of maybe thor ragnarok not being like a hulk film maybe but i i just the complaining just stop just stop
1: you go now see they're doing they're going about it the wrong way because this isn't a issue with marvel this is a universal or universal not wanting issues, to let the yes. rights go of the hulk yeah so what you should do is go support the movie So that either Universal sells the rights or does like a Sony deal like Sony does with Spider-Man in order to partner with Disney and Marvel in order to make a Hulk movie.
0: Yeah, I get you. And look, I I get the idea that some fans are certainly upset. But when we're getting to the point of like refusing to watch Shang-Chi and three, please, please, guys. (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, and again, I know that's not you, Marcelino. You're talking about Hulk fans in general. So, um, yeah, if there are some people out there that feel that way. Come on, guys. Show some support. Show some support for these movies. Um, Yeah, because I do think, right, Indy, I think if you you show support for movies, especially that these Hulk characters are in, that's got to send signals to somebody out there, right? That, man, they really want themselves a, a Hulk film.
1: This is universal. The only thing they're worried about right now is Monsters, and they can't even get that right. (laughs) They
0: can't even get that right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, But, yeah, guys, let us know your thoughts. Are you excited to see Anthony Mackie and Harrison Ford opposite of each other on screen and getting ready to go ahead and clash? Uh, What could they possibly be arguing about? What is certainly going on here? Is he still pissed off about the Sokovia Accords? Definitely go ahead and let us know your thoughts in the live chat or the comment section box below. All right. Uh, and from that MCU storyline on to the next, um, it looks as though the WandaVision spinoffs continue. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've got ourselves the Agatha Coven uh, Coven <laughs> Coven of Chaos Um Uh, Disney Plus series certainly approaching here, I believe, in Phase 5, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Good old Catherine Hahn certainly set to go ahead and reprise her role as Agatha. And while we haven't necessarily had too many uh, announcements in regards to that, this week's announcement in regards to casting definitely caught my attention because I'm such a huge fan of this actress uh, as it seems as though uh, we're just bringing more people into the MCU here. Indy is a good old Uh, Aubrey Plaza. Uh, is set to go ahead and join the MCU. This comes to us from Variety.com. Uh, an incredibly talented actress. I love her comedy chops in here. Just her, just the way that she uh, holds herself, honestly. Uh, and her personality that she usually brings to the screen uh, is usually pretty hilarious to me, if you ask me. But Variety.com is saying WandaVision spinoff Agatha Coven of Chaos casts Aubrey Plaza. She is joining Ka- uh, Catherine Hahn in the upcoming series itself. Uh, it is a spin-off of the Marvel show WandaVision with Han set to reprise the role of Agatha Harkness. Exact plot details, including the character Plaza would play in the show, are being kept under wraps. Uh, it seems as though Emma Caulfield Ford is also set to reprise the role of Dottie. Uh, from WandaVision in the new series also. So Dottie certainly returns. I didn't even know that. Um, it says while Variety exclusively reported that the Heartstopper star Joe Locke will also star in Coven of Chaos. As has been the case in the past, Marvel did not comment on this particular um Uh, on this particular information, the role marks a reunion of sorts for Plaza and Han as both uh, previously appeared um, in the sitcom parks and rec. Although I believe Aubrey Plaza had more of the regular role in there. Um, I don't remember Catherine Han popping up in there. It says uh, in roughly a a dozen episodes. So she definitely didn't have as big of a role as Aubrey Plaza, but I certainly uh, loved Aubrey Plaza in that as well. You know Uh, Indy, I'll go ahead and throw this over to you here first. Um, What's your relationship like with Aubrey Plaza? How have you liked some of her work here? And um, what do you think of uh, her fit for the um, WandaVision spinoff for Agatha? Uh, Aubrey
1: Plaza is perfection personified and anything (laughs) she does is right. So like, um, yeah she does she does absolutely nothing wrong she's she's the totally opposite of iris in the flash series oh no (laughs) when it comes to aubrey plaza no um aubrey plaza is amazing uh whether it's a comedy uh something with a more serious tone um she was in she had a starring role in what was probably the best uh marvel s tv show you know what i'm saying with legion so um oh she was in that
0: she was in legion oh crap i don't forgot so, about that
1: yeah she was like the co-star in legion she was one of the voices that was always you know what i'm saying talking to him like you know what i'm saying through the thing that will always appear to him um uh she she's good she's good in everything she's in man like i i don't, I don't know how to say any wrong um she is probably the only <laughs> woman that i would sell my uh my child for um <laughs> but i i i, I love Aubrey Plaza. I I love uh the fact she could be in here with Catherine Hahn. I you know what I'm saying? Bo- both their comedy chops, but bo- but bo- the, way, the way they both act. This just people don't realize how interesting this just made this Disney Plus series. Like it's she has uh I want to say I don't want to say like um what's it called? Uh she has fans that will make this show the biggest show ever on Disney Plus. <laughs> like it it is it's, it's bad. But I, I have no idea what character she's gonna play. I I the people would totally first lean to that. She's gonna be like uh another witch or a sorceress or something like that. But I would love her to be like uh a reporter. Or something that's watching all this crazy stuff happen around her, and her having to react and try, <laughs> and try to figure out what's really going on. You know what I'm saying? Type deal. That's what. That's what I like. That's what I like her to know. But we all know where uh, the Scarlet Witch left. You know what I'm saying? Catherine or she was sitting Alga was sitting there stuck in a perpetual basically dream world where you know what i'm saying she she thought she was this perk this character she's gonna play so it's gonna be interesting to see where this series picks up and perfect casting in, in my mind
0: yeah i i think it's perfect casting also um i i am one of those people that automatically think hey she's just she's gonna be a witch but even if she is just a witch uh i'm perfectly okay with that because i do think that she would be an amazing witch uh, especially playing uh opposite of somebody like um Catherine Hahn. and i think that's really what really has intrigued me about this casting choice here is the fact that um I really do think that Aubrey Plaza and Katherine Hahn together on screen could be like just comedy and TV gold, Indy. I'm, I'm really excited to see them work opposite and work off of one another uh, at the end of the day. And so, um, you know, I still don't know what the Agatha series is going to find itself to turn out to be. Um, but I, I'm just amazed that WandaVision has created as many spin-offs as it has um, or that we're continuing really to follow a lot of these characters. I mean, we followed Scarlet Witch into Doctor Strange. Uh, we're getting to follow the Vision into his Vision Quest series, and now we're getting an opportunity to go ahead and tackle uh, Agatha in her own series, one that I still to this day don't necessarily know if I want or necessarily need, but the idea of having Aubrey Plaza now officially attached to it uh, definitely does um, make me a little bit more interested in what this might turn out to be. I mean, look, Catherine Hahn brings her comedy chop. So I definitely expect it to be somewhat lighthearted, but maybe dark all at the same time, just because of the material that they might be exploring in here. I did like your suggestion, uh, India, of her maybe being a possible reporter. I, I don't necessarily know the people that surround Agatha. In the comic books, or who she might even be close to, or some of her supporting characters that she's encountered with. Um, but even if Aubrey Plaza is just a witch, or part of this bigger uh, coven that they're talking about here, then co- the Coven of Chaos. Uh, I think this is uh, amazing casting, and uh, I hope that she continues to have a significant role in the MCU. This might be a one-off for her. I don't know if we'll see her again after this particular spin-off. Um, but this casting alone has uh, has has caught my eyes for sure.
1: I'm going to tell you who I want her to play. If it has to be somebody that involves magic and stuff, I feel like the perfect role for her in this series, Morgan LeFay.
0: Ooh. I would would think that would be incredible. I really – oh, man, I didn't even think about that. That would certainly open up the doors for a lot of other things too, wouldn't it, like a Captain Britain type of thing if they Mm -hmm. wanted to at some point in time because he's from – yeah go whole,
1: whole relationship with Dr. Strange you know what I'm saying I Agamato, like enough. like all hey. that, like all that going on because I similar to Harrison Ford even though a lot of people don't look at um Aubrey Plaza as this I feel like her her status you know what I'm saying is a little bit higher than just playing like one of Agatha's kids or you know what I'm saying or like uh Victoria Montessi you know what I'm saying just somebody who might be connected to the dark hole I feel like with her acting chops the way she does and with her fandom, um, Morgan Le Fay would be the perfect, you know what I'm saying, style of character for her. And she's proven, like I said, and and shows like Legion and different stuff like that, that she can pull a character like that off.
0: Man, I love that. I, I really hope that's the character that it winds up. Remember, you heard it here first, guys. If she gets cast as Morgan LeFay, I think that's a great casting choice for that character. I feel like that's something they can easily introduce us to uh, with the with this um, Agatha show for sure. Um, so, yeah, man, let's keep our fingers crossed. I hope that's who who she opens up to play because isn't she? Because um, I do believe that she's in. Um, isn't she like in an I don't want to say another world, but like another dimension, Morgan Le Fay?
1: Yeah, and like the I of Agamato, like once uh I think it once like chose her as the re- strangest replacement for like the Sorcerer Supreme. Mm, and like she's 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 got a history in dark magic, elven magic magic, and more. And she's just like one of the oldest villains, you know what I'm saying, in the in Marvel lore. So whether you want to come and have her as like an anti-hero, like they seem to be doing with every single villain that they bring (laughs) out, or if you want her to be another magic or earth based threat to distract you from what's going on with Kang and everything else, you know what I'm saying, It, it works.
0: Yeah, because she's even has, like, established lore with, like, King Arthur and stuff. And I think that's mm-hmm. where, like, the sword, the Excalibur sword comes from, opening up the doors for a possible Great Britain. You hear that, Henry Cavill? Hope you're paying attention. Yeah. Uh, but this this could be the opening of the door for that aspect of the MCU. So, yeah, man, Arby Plaza, whoever you're going to play, I'm really hoping it's Morgan Lefay now, but whoever she's going to play, uh, perfect fit to uh, join the MCU. I mean,
1: I mean, there's some stuff going on with Dane Whitman, too, with that. We, damn we that's keep, right we
0: keep forgetting about we
1: forget about them because that movie was so trash but <laughs>
0: Uh, they uh, they are like just putting like little building blocks together and slowly introducing like a whole different section of the mcu uh that they haven't even really tapped into but they're definitely putting like their chess pieces in place it feels like that's crazy to me uh, so yeah we'll see if uh if that's what uh, gets further established here out of the agatha series so a lot to definitely digest when it comes to the mcu but let us know your thoughts guys aubrey plus you know it's funny too you mentioned that her fan base i you now, i've got a friend uh maggie who absolutely loves aubrey plaza and everything that she does it almost feels like there's sometimes like it feels like maggie's personality traits are like that from uh from, of aubrey plaza but uh i i know how powerful her fan base is and uh it'll be interesting to go ahead and get them included into the mcu too if they certainly aren't already but uh, if you're a big fan of aubrey plaza how do you love this casting definitely let us know your thoughts in the live chat or the comment section box below um, and Indy, with that out of the way, we will wrap up all of our MCU stuff and move on to DC. That's right. We're gonna get into the Warner Brothers Discovery bag here for you guys. I feel like over the past couple of weeks, ever since Black Adam started releasing, um and official information that good old Henry Cavill is certainly returning as Superman I feel like you can't go anywhere on the internet Indy without hearing more Henry Cavill and Superman information continuing to try and get insights how did this certainly all come together under the fans noses sort of thing what can we certainly expect going forward so this particular week especially now that we've got new management over at uh Warner Brothers we got the David Zaslav as the CEO he's now hired on. uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran to be co-CEOs of DC Studios certainly going forward as James Gunn will be helming sort of the creative side of things and now this announcement too that Henry Cavill is returning as Superman Uh, if you're a DC fan the past couple of weeks have been incredible for you Um, but this uh, this past week we got Henry Cavill discussing the idea of possibly working with James Gunn uh, and really heaping some high praise on him, not only from Henry Cavill, but David Zaslav is talking highly about James Gunn here as well. So let's go ahead and get into this, indie as this comes to us from good old IGN. Uh, has an article for us today uh, saying, Henry Cavill on James Gunn's uh, DC Studios move. I cannot wait to have long conversations with him. Uh, Let's uh, put these two nerds in a room, lock them together, and see what they create, Indy. Because I believe this week, if I'm not mistaken, I think James Gunn might have even hinted, Indy, that he could be doing a Superman movie. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but he did hint at it. Uh, I'll see if I can find the tweet for you guys, and you guys let me know what you think. But let's go ahead and get into this article. It says, um, but for Henry Cavill, at least, who is currently enjoying a bit of the moment in the EU himself, Gunn apparently remains a bit of an unknown quantity. It says, on hand to promote Enola Holmes 2, which releases on Netflix this week, Ka- uh, Ka- Cavill reacted to the news that Gunn would be taking over DC Studios. He says, I have not met James yet, is what uh, he admitted when he interviewed with IGN. I'm looking very forward to meeting him him uh he's clearly a very very talented man and i cannot wait to sit down and have a long long conversations with him i'm very excited about him being there and very excited about any future opportunities we can work together uh it says guns ascension parallels calvin cavill's own return to the dceu um and uh, where cavill has spoken openly about playing a joyful Superman, if you will. Uh, Asked to elaborate, um, uh, uh, Cavill talked about how Superman means so much for so many people, which can in turn relate to his own experience. And this is what he said. He says, what really gets me about Superman is that he represents the best of the human soul, the greatest of the human soul. It's not just his powers it's his heart. It's his heart that makes him so special. And even when he's going through stuff, he's still giving to others. He's still protecting others. He's the one who will always reach out and always give. And in that is so much wonder and power. And it's such, as I say, a joyful thing that it's not a mournful weight. It is something that is a gift. Uh, to be given is a, to be giving is is a gift because it makes people feel a certain way. And it also makes them want to be giving in return to other people. Uh, there's just something so magnificent about that. And, of course, then that's a very broad stroke piece. But once you get into the nitty-gritty details of that, and once you start applying the storytelling into all the wonderful, exciting villains that he may come across, then you have a, a world adventure and a world where the audience leaves the cinema feeling fantastic and i i really do appreciate the way that he breaks down his perspective indy of superman here and um you know i think that's probably maybe what one of some of the pushback that we wind up having for the man of steel in the sense that some people felt maybe it was a little bit too dark or you know it, it didn't necessarily capture the superman the, that boy scout superman that we've kind of all come to know and love and so while we While we've known if we've done some research when it comes to Zack Snyder storytelling, this was just the first step into getting Superman, the Man of Steel to the point in which Henry Cavill is now certainly referring to the journey that Superman has to certainly go on to get to that particular place for himself. And so the next iteration of Superman, I do certainly expect to be a little bit lighter, a little bit more joyful. Uh, And it seems as though when it comes to Henry Cavill. He knows exactly he knows exactly what it is that Superman represents. And I think hearing Henry Cavill here again, Indy, is just a way to reiterate for us this is why he's our Superman. Like, this is why we love him in this role because he just gets it and he knows exactly what the fans certainly want to see. And he clearly is going to be able to embody that on screen. So I love just hearing his words in regards to um. The Superman character. As far as him and James Gunn goes, I think he's very interested in that. Uh, I mean, maybe him and James Gunn will take off their shirts and put computers together for two hours and discuss Superman for all I know and a bunch of other nerdy concepts that they can certainly get into. But I do think the fact of them sitting down is great because now this gives Henry Cavill, if you ask me, a little bit more power himself. I think James Gunn will certainly be very open-minded. I feel like any that he's worked with other... Uh, actors, They've been very fond and very eager to certainly work with him again because of maybe the levels of independence that they give him or the support that James Gunn gives them. Uh, I do think that if Henry Cavill has this mindset about Superman, what he wants to see, I do think that James Gunn will be very open to not only hearing his mindset, but also maybe some ideas that Henry Cavill certainly has for the character uh, and what they could possibly explore together going forward. Again, doesn't mean that James Gunn Gunn will be doing a Superman movie, but as James Gunn being the creative force going forward, uh, I'm hoping that the conversations and the meetings that he has with Henry Cavill will really put. Uh, Henry Cavill as Superman back at the forefront of the DCEU that has been sorely missing over the past couple of years, um, Indy. So I definitely expect big things from this conversation. But let me throw this over to you. What are your thoughts in regards to him wanting to have a long conversation with James Gunn and just his own personal thoughts in regards to the what Superman truly means?
1: I saw this. We saw this with The Witcher. We saw this in how adamant and how into lore he is and like the written source material. And I do feel that one of the reasons why he left The Witcher was due to the the show strain so much from the source material the the thing that he loved. Uh, This is the actors that play the roles that they play. The ones that play the roles, the best are the ones that are truly in tune with who the character is And, and they love who the character is. Uh, One thing that I've always loved about Henry Cavill is the fact that he's he's a bigger nerd than we are. (laughs) Yeah. And he is truly into these roles and these characters that he plays, whether it's from James Bond to The Witcher, you know, what I'm saying to Superman to even the. the uh the Holmes, you know what I'm saying the 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 Sherlock Holmes lore. He really gets into who these characters are, breaks them down, and his love for these characters and for this source material show through his perception of what that character is on the screen. Um, I'm all for this. Uh, I don't know what a James Gunn Superman would look like. Um, for some reason, a James Gunn Superman to me feels like it looks like and looks and feels like Shazam so I'm (laughs) I'm hoping that um Henry Cavill's idea um we end up with a more fleshed out Man of Steel you know what I'm saying type movie I love that characterization of of Superman of kal that we saw in Man of Steel it was something I felt that we had never saw before on screen live action screen from that character I felt like I was watching a live action version of a Superman animated series when I was watching, you know, what I'm saying that film. If they can come through and give us the best aspects of what James Gunn likes to do and how Henry Cavill feels as the character, I feel that the DCEU will finally be on track to what the MCU is.
0: Yeah, hopefully it eventually will be. I do think that this is – if there's any opportunity for them to kind of play catch-up or put themselves on equal footing, this might be um, a really great opportunity for them to certainly do so. Um, to kind of go back and joke about the idea of like what would a James Gunn um, a movie or Superman movie might look like, uh, this is the this is the tease that I was uh, – referring to oh uh, so rob says to be honest though having james gunn as co-chair for the newly minted dc studios is a masterstroke. now gunn can really make uh, the sorts of films he wants to um yeah absolutely man uh absolutely uh they're putting him in prime position to go ahead and certainly do that uh here's the tease i was talking about uh james gunn posted this he said uh first day on the job and it's good old Clark Kent at the Daily Planet, uh going ahead and putting the story together. Gotta to restrain myself, or I may absent-mindedly punch this typewriter into Twisted Wreckage. Um, so yeah, uh first day on the job, and he's already teasing uh either re- the return of Superman or maybe him tackling a Superman movie. And look, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for James Gunn to do a Superman movie. I'm not expecting him to, um, but I do remember when James Gunn got brought on. On board, I believe he said that they offered him like any movie that he wanted to do, like any movie, and I think even Superman was um, was on that list, but he decided to go ahead the way of uh, the Suicide Squad. So I think the fact that James Gunn didn't tackle a Superman movie um, at least tells to me or shows me he may not uh, want to tackle a Superman movie still. But I do think if anything, you've got uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran in position to find those that definitely want to do a man of steel 2 uh to perfection if you will and i do believe that they are currently looking for writers for um Man of steel 2 as well so they're they're moving full steam ahead in regards to this indie so I, i'm so pumped that we're getting us some some new information about S- uh superman here
1: yeah for Jam- for james gonna to be totally honest with y'all. i feel like after suicide squad the perfect move for him is out for queen movie not necessarily like a Green Arrow, but like Oliver, you know what I'm saying? Rebranded Oliver Queen. We we know uh-huh. Oliver Queen is the Green Arrow, but you know what I'm saying? Like like that type of deal. Like like skip past the whole. I, I get tired of having to do the um, the the stories of how they became who they are. Like skip it. Let, oh yeah. Get get into the meat and potatoes and show us who Oliver Queen is. And I think that that's something that he would exceed uh, expectations at far yeah, that- far far and forefront.
0: That would be interesting. Uh, James Gunn led... Uh, Arrow film, or Green Arrow film. That'd be pretty interesting to see. Um, But yeah, big things are certainly coming our way, guys. Um, Henry Cavill is certainly back, and uh, we definitely could not be happier. Uh, Speaking about James Gunn, though, the good old CEO David Zaslav even had some high praise uh, to heap on him also. It says, uh, talking uh, during an earnings call yesterday evening, he assured investors that the DCU now has a bright future, thanks to the the two men tasked with overhauling it. He says, I've spent a lot of time over the past few months with James and Peter talking about our strategy and long-term plans for the future of the DC across TV, animation and film. They have a powerful vision and blueprint that will drive a more unified, creative approach that will allow us to enable to the full value of one of the most of the world's most iconic franchises. That's like music to my ears, Indy, hearing that. A powerful vision and a blueprint that will drive unified creative approach. Yeah. You got to get everybody on the same page. He says they are at hard work right now. Um, he says uh, James is a brilliant storyteller uh, who has the distinction of being the first and only filmmaker to direct a movie for both Marvel and DC Um, and speaking about Peter Safran he says he's a prolific producer whose credits include the highest grossing DC movie Aquaman as well as the entire Conjuring universe the most successful horror franchise of all time we could not be more thrilled to have them join our leadership team and I'm excited for what is to come and I I think we've we've pointed it out me and Stuart have pointed this out before you know you look at peter saffron indian what he's done with the conjuring universe and despite you know some people may not like the spinoffs uh but the fact that they have so many spinoffs of the conjuring universe they're now about to get into their fourth conjuring uh movie as well um you know you don't create that type of um uh, that, that amount of content if what you're not creating isn't successful in some way, shape, or form financially for the company itself. And so for Peter Safran to have um, – to to be able to have the wits about him, to be able to create these gigantic universes and now team him up with a great creative mind like James Gunn, it feels like a match in heaven here. And the fact that David Zaslav is talking so highly about both of them and being on a more unified, creative approach, um, that's got to give you some sense of – of comfort, especially with how crazy things have been for DC over the past couple of years. Would you agree, or what are your thoughts in regards to that?
1: Uh, I agree with you 110%. And, and I, uh, p- for people who don't like the Codring spinoffs, th- doesn't really matter what you like. There's a lot of people don't like the Fast and Furious franchise. They make money. <laughs> and that, about- that's what DC needs to do right now is make money. And one of the things in that sentence that popped out to me that that kind of like made me go, huh? That the he was in charge of the highest grossing DCEU film in Aquaman. That still makes me go, huh? Aquaman? <laughs> <Just>
0: Aquaman, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, like, like the dude that talks to fish. <laughs> like that, that's why Jason Momoa is in everything. That's why he's the new rock. Is because Ooh. of the money that Aquaman made. They yeah. took the least interesting character, similar to what uh mc do with iron man you know what i'm saying the person who comics wasn't selling stuff like that it turned it into one of the highest grossing movies you know what i'm saying that they have as a franchise in dc if he can do that with that if he can revitalize horror because we all saw what type of horror movies yes and they were all just scare fest uh type of stuff he actually put story and real horror back into movies you know what i'm saying uh pulling at your strings like making you be scared to cut the light off at night anything could happen with the conjuring series because we were on the verge of nothing but uh purges and um <laughs> what was the little thing with the dog that rode around on a tricycle saw uh, saw that's like all we were getting you know what I'm saying so like if if he can do that with Aquaman and the conjuring franchise it's something that I trust him a little bit and what's going on at least to turn a profit uh from what's going on uh with these movies one of the reasons why like uh Saurabh said uh how do you feel about them putting uh HBO Max on the back burner right now um I feel like HBO Max was not the issue I feel like HBO Max is going to sell itself it's, it's going to be profitable just from the shows and stuff that you're putting on there that, that I feel like uh whoever was uh the dude who was ahead of this to start off with was focused on too many things at once when it's the movies you need to get running and that filters down to everything else. You know what I'm saying? Like a waterfall.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there, man. It, it does blow my mind about the idea of Aquaman still being the highest grossing that they that they certainly have also. But um, yeah, I do think David Zaslav has put us in a really great position. You know, when you speak of Peter Safran um, as a, a producer, you know, um uh, again, it's, it's also the idea of him you know, while he's not writing these films himself, he's putting the right people in charge of these movies. He's bringing on the right people to work these particular films, to create. Uh, And I think when you've got a producer like that, that can pinpoint directors, writers, casts, and crew, and things like that, um, to work together and uh, put together an amazing combination, and in turn, make a great film, you know, that level of, keen eye on talent um, is certainly really important. So um, I, I do think that they've got themselves a great duo here. And I don't necessarily know if they're putting the HBO max sort of on the back burner. Like I, I they definitely will continue to focus on things, but I do think it's just like just a trajectory course change in the sense of, you know, we're not going to be putting a lot of low budget movies back on here sort of thing. And maybe, you know, whether or not he says apparently to them, you know, that the game plan of doing that, unfortunately failed them uh i you know maybe it failed them in a the sense of making the most uh, bang for your buck uh and kind of changing course by putting some of those movies that were supposed to go to hbo max uh either taking them down or course correcting and allowing them to be now theatrical releases i think it's just a different mindset approaching hbo no, max but i don't expect i don't expect hbo max to um I don't expect HBO Max to drop off in any sense uh, of the imagination whatsoever. So um, I do think that they've got something really great on their hands here. Um, So we'll have to see how it uh, all turns out. But, um, you know, despite us honestly losing a a lot of content, I think – it really hurt the soul for a lot of us as fans who um, really wanted to um, see some of these shows come to fruition. You know, when you've got mergers that come in and can be messy, people losing their jobs, cutting movies and cutting television shows, we were all really looking forward to. It hurts as fans, right? But now that you've got them finally putting people in place, coming up with fresh ideas, planning and futured forward thinking. Some of the things that we're starting to heal seems pretty, pretty like more and more appealing each time I hear uh, these guys talk. So uh, maybe this is a course correction that will certainly benefit the D.C.U. going forward. And uh, like you mentioned before, maybe put them on a more even playing field now, Indy, than they certainly were before. But um, let us know your thoughts in regards to all the Henry Cavill and James Gunn talk. What's got you excited? What's got you hesitant? Uh, Let us know your thoughts in the live chat or the comment section box below. Uh, let's see here. There was something else. Uh, Marcelino did say, uh, saw Black Adam last night. It was a CGI slugfest. Uh, annoying kid, lackluster villain, action over substance, etc. You're better off watching iCarly and the Dragon Prince. Ah, uh, maybe the Dragon Prince. I don't know about iCarly though, but, uh, I, look, I enjoyed the movie for what it was. Like when I go, when you tell me The Rock is playing Black Adam, I... I don't know about you, Indy. I'm not really expecting substance so much uh, as I am just balls to the wall action and heavy CG. Um, But honestly, even going into the movie with that mindset, uh, I thought they handled it relatively well. Like the, the kid wasn't as annoying to me as I feel like it was to most people. Um, I enjoyed the brief um, moments that we got to share with some of the teammates. I, I think the JSA truly shined anytime like Dr. Fate was incredible in here. I love seeing the two young newcomers working alongside with each other especially adam smasher and sort of the squabbles that he has with hawkman throughout the uh, the movie certainly made me laugh a little bit well i would agree it's not necessarily it's necessarily heavy and dense storytelling even the execution of the black adam origin and how we it's like Here's the story that's told to you, and then you find out the truth about it, and then an additional truth. It almost felt like there was kind of twists within the origin story for Black Adam, and that really kind of intrigued me. I found it fun. So, again, it's not something I'm writing home about. Um, but I, I honestly felt the critics might have been a little bit too harsh on this film than what they were, because uh, I do think that there's some enjoyment in here for sure. The Jericho Appreciation Society, <laughs> yeah, you could you could certainly say that, to Tilla. Um, But but what did you think about Black Adam? I mean, do you agree with Marcelino here, or, or do you? Get, what are your your views? Uh, no,
1: I, I don't. I don't fullheartedly agree with Marcelino, but I I don't view. I don't come as a viewer. I'm not going to, for the same effect that Marcelino goes. I'm going to see this movie right? Uh, when I I think,
0: honestly, his complaints are the ones that I hear from people that weren't necessarily big fans of the movie. So I, there are aspects that I can understand. I I wasn't the biggest black, I thought the villain was lackluster also. So I do think that there is some things warranted in it, but I don't necessarily know if it's as harsh as we, some people were saying.
1: Again, I think when it comes to stories and especially in comic book movies, even if you go back to Justice League, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we a little spoil with how mature they're trying to make the characters and how much story and character focus they're trying to make them. You know what I'm saying? Like the humanization of, of Superman, the demonization of, you know what I'm saying, Batman and, and, you know what I'm saying, like different things they're trying to do. When it came to Black Adam, me him being one of my favorite DC characters, especially villain wise, uh, I just knew crap was going to hit the fan because that's the type of character he is. It's all about... Uh, uh, I, I fist fist before, you know what I'm saying, words. He's going to fight first, talk later. You know what I'm saying, type mentality. That's why I felt like The Rock was one of the perfect castings for the character, because he could portray the brutality you know what I'm saying, that Black Adam had, but still humanize the character enough that you could like the character. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to the story, I really feel like when it came to the story goes on, not having Black Adam introduced in a Shazam you know what I'm saying, movie, and have him facing Captain Marvel was one of the things that I felt lacked as far as it was storytelling and what it meant about. I feel like Black Adam could have been a bigger, a bigger character, whether it was uh, somebody coming to him and asking him for uh, his his support, his country's support uh, against something or something like that. It should have been something introduced. He should have been introduced prior to what just what this movie was. You know what I'm saying, and then we get the backstory on what happens. That, that's what I feel like was left out, and I feel like it was possibly supposed to be something like that. But mm-hmm. with the DCU being such disarray, we didn't get that. Because think about how long this movie's been in development. This was this was when The Rock still had hair.
0: <laughs> well, I think they I think The Rock recently came out and mentioned in uh, either Forbes or w- one really dense article where they interviewed him and i think he mentioned the idea that the black adam or the shazam script one of them when it was first initially written they were supposed to be included together in one film and as the rock went through the script and read it he said he pointed out the fact that he felt like it was maybe too much that they would would work better as individual movies. And I think that's where we get the formation of the Shazam film and Black Adam on their own basis because yeah. of that. So you, you're right. It feels like what you were just talking about was the initial pitch. Uh, and then it had a little bit of a course correction. So I think you're absolutely right there.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I enjoyed the movie. I, I went to the movie to see, you know what I'm saying, Black Adam punch some stuff and people, and people have to deal with his I, I, idc attitude you know what i'm saying yeah, that i don't good. care attitude. that
0: rage right that rage yeah, that people about have to that deal with
1: that and how they were going to deal with that to me black adam at times especially how he written is to me feels like when the hulk rages and and mm-hmm. people have to come together to stop him he's not necessarily a villain to him yeah yeah but you have to stop him from doing what he's doing and help him recognize what's really going on and that's how i feel i feel like the movie was more of a struggle between his perception on what was happening and what the world saw and what the world doing what was happening and that's what the story was based you know what i'm saying in the thing it was kind of like house of dragon with ha- ha- you see how relate all the stuff together it's kind of like the house of dragon and how the uh the dance of dragons all starts over a misunderstanding you know what i'm saying type thing is make us, it's trying to make somebody realize that this is a misunderstanding and this is why this is happening and but, i think just okay and and that that's what a story is for me but i think people don't look you know what i'm saying into that they're, they're they're looking directly at what they're being shown rather than the story that's being told within you know what i'm saying the story
0: well and that's one of the things i enjoyed about the black adam movie was that it definitely was a story misunderstanding right because you come to find out that the people the idea of them praising this guy is not the same guy you know what i'm saying like you you realize that the story isn't about necessarily the rocks black adam but like the reason why he has all this rage is because of the fact of his son technically being the first Black Adam, right? And we go along this whole entire movie and journey thinking that The Rock's Black Adam, this is the pe- This is the guy that people have been praising for, for all these years, for the independence that he winds up bringing this, uh, and the freedom that he brings the country. So the, the way that the story is told in here, and the origin of, you know, the, the twist to the story, as it progresses, you continue to understand the rage, uh, and why he has the rage that he certainly is. And they do it in such a great way of really twisting the story around and an amazing sort of reveal throughout. And so for me, again, while simple in certain aspects, I thought it, I thought it went a pretty good way uh, in regards to um, how it wind up playing itself out. So I honestly didn't mind it as much as other people did, though. But uh, yeah. I, I
1: enjoyed it more than what I thought I was going to. But like I said, I, I went you. in there for one thing and I got a little bit more when you when you sit with it and start to think about what really happened, you end up enjoying the movie a little bit more than when you experienced it for the first time. I'm pretty sure that my next watch is gonna be better than my first watch.
0: And and the reason why we talk very much Black Adam is because of the fact that it does come full circle and does wrap up to the idea of Henry Cavill um, showing up in earnest would have uh, been uh, quite a buzz, uh, as he certainly did towards the end of that uh, particular film. And uh, it was uh, it was incredible. Great moment, to certainly say the least. So Henry Cavill is back, ladies and gentlemen, as Superman. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section box below. Um, All right, guys, and with that wrapped up, we will move on to our next topic for you guys, our last topic when it comes to at least the um, world of DC, and um, Indy, some terrible news here, man, for uh, followers of the CW's Star Girl. Um, there's a part. I this is part of me that was kind of hoping I would also have Stewart on board with this, um, since he is um, doing reviews for Star Girl season three for our channel, and he's been the the big Star Girl uh, fan over the past three years. Um, but times are definitely changing over at the CW, ladies and gentlemen, as things continue. Um, I almost don't necessarily view this decision as. On David Zaslav and Warner Brothers Discovery and chopping this down, this feels very much like a course correction for the CW, maybe in regards to the content that they certainly want to showcase, maybe the mindset in regards to uh, what they want to certainly present. I mean, don't get me wrong. David Zaslav definitely has to make the decisions here at the end of the day. Um, So I am kind of hoping that there is hope that the star girl show will in fact continue on but when it comes to the ever-changing cw ladies and gentlemen season three the current season of star girl that's currently airing will be its last unfortunately um so sad news for the entire crew i've loved Breck Basinger in this particular role. I think she's done an amazing job as Courtney. If there's anybody that's been able to bring um, not only I believe it's like, was it the sister of Jeff Johns? Is that correct? Uh, I believe that's who Courtney is supposed to be representing. there's anybody that can bring that character uh, and persona to life, it definitely was Breck Basinger. I think she's done an amazing job. I haven't had the opportunity to meet her face-to-face, but I have seen her um, at a convention, uh, and her Q&A panel was definitely quite enjoyable. Uh, But it seems as though DC Stargirl will end after Season 3. So let's go ahead and dive into this real quick, Indy, and see if they explain why. It says, DC Stargirl is coming to an end. The series will conclude with its third season, which is currently airing on the CW. Uh, New episodes will continue to air on Wednesdays through December 7th. Um, it says the cancellation of DC Stargirl comes less than a month after Next Star Media Group completed its acquisition of the CW network and is the latest series to come to an end. It joins the likes of series such as The Flash ending, Riverdale, Nancy Drew, which are also finishing. Deadline understands the team behind Stargirl, like Nancy Drew, was given an early indication. That it might um oop oh, where'd it go? Oh, that this might be the final season and to write an ending that would reflect that. The decision is thought to have been made by next star executives. Just so if you want to know where to put the put the blame, put that on Nextstar. Uh, it says DC Stargirl follows Courtney and her stepfather Pat Dugan as she leads an unlikely group of young heroes to take on the legacy of DC's first a very first superhero team, the Justice Society of America uh jeff john says uh stargirl has always held a special place in my heart for many reasons uh with all the brewing changes at the network we were aware that this was possibly the last season so we wrote that in mind and have delivered what i believe to be the best season of stargirl yet with complete creative closure i, I love those words Stuart. i mean in the, uh creative complete creative closure that the three c's the cast and crew are extraordinary, and i like to thank them for helping me bring the series to life. Uh, Breck embodied Courtney in every way possible with grace, strength, and humor, exceeding my wildest expectations. I am grateful to Warner Brothers and CW for giving us the home to tell this story and to honor my beloved late sister. And I'm beyond thankful to the press and fans who have always championed us for three amazing seasons. You know, I, I got to admit, man, even though I haven't necessarily followed Star Girl in quite some time i am bummed to certainly see it go uh, breck basinger also says getting to play star girl and be a part of the dc universe has been the greatest honor and i'm so grateful for every moment of it uh, and she winds up thanking everybody um, on the set and crew as well so it says the move is not a huge surprise after executives at next star clearly signaled that it is focusing on retooling the cw shifting towards unscripted content and shows that appeal to an older audience um so yeah um you know i'm not expecting this indie to be picked up by anybody else you know anytime that they say oh it's being shopped around you know i i usually hold my breath i try not to get my expectations up too high do you expect this to be shopped around and picked up or do you think this is an, the end of it um and just let me know your thoughts on the end of Girl as a whole
1: this is crazy because this this was my off season watch. Like this is what wow. I watched off season. I binged it. I, I lo- always look forward to binging it and then talking with Stewart. You know what I'm saying? Afterwards, about you know what I'm saying, what I thought of it. So I, I hate for that. I don't feel like the fan base is enough for it to be shopped around and picked up. The perfect home for it, other than the CW, looks like HBO Max. But it, I don't think HBO Max is gearing to having like doing this type of content. When's the last update we had on the Green Lantern? You know what I'm saying? Stuff that we're supposed to have and everything like that. I, I really feel like there's a retooling going around. And I don't think we're gonna have too much superhero content. When it comes to the CW, the performance shows now are like all American, all American homecoming. You know what I'm saying? Uh different stuff like that. That that deals with more of real life basis than, you know what I'm saying, superheroes running around beating people up in costumes. Um I think I think disney is what's taking the rounds disney hulu uh amazon are taking the rounds for that um maybe amazon amazon's the the i feel like the other perfect place for a show like this like amazon prime video but i I don't see it coming up i'm sad to see this go um the only thing i'm happy about is that finally a show that i don't review got canceled so (laughs) i'm happy about that but you don't um, feel like bad luck anymore I don't feel like bad luck anymore I feel I feel like I'm doing I feel like I'm doing good I mean heroes got renewed for season two I mean not heroes uh Hills got renewed for season two um bleach came back you know like, like I, feel, I feel like it's turning for me and maybe it's turning a little sour for Stewart so I'm sorry I had to pass that curse along to you sir <laughs> but um you got plenty of other stuff you cover. so
0: oh yeah there's there's definitely a ton of content out there for sure um but yeah man i am bummed about this i i um you know again while i haven't necessarily caught up to seasons two and three of stargirl as of yet i was really hoping that it would get like a four and a fifth season and things like that uh because i just thought the, the show itself was really well done and really well handled but um you know, um, you know, Sarav here says guest CW's time was just over uh, and it seems the channel seems to be further walking the road of doom as their current owners don't have the best record when it comes to quality content. Uh, and it feels very much like Nextstar just finds himself trying to figure out what it, what's the next move here? What's the next stage? You know, I've, I, I have heard like some of them uh some of the people behind the scenes of next star saying yeah we you know we we would like to continue to, to work with wb uh i mean look they, they do plan on having gotham gotham night series i think we're going to get a season of that wouldn't surprise me if we just get a one season one and done of that but we'll see how that turns out apparently according to david ramsey they're still contemplating the justice you series I'm still kind of hesitant on that, uh, if that's actually going to see the light of day. I believe they're still working on the script, so I'm definitely not holding my breath. So the CW certainly seems to be turning into something else entirely. Um, And with that, unfortunately, uh, these DC shows are certainly no more, Um, you know so rob also says that said so you know star should continue on hbo max you know i don't necessarily know if it will continue on hbo max i do think if there is a home for it that's probably the best place for it to certainly go um but you know indy your suggestion of amazon didn't seem too bad either that's definitely always an option but you know i think that what jumps out to me Stuart. i mean indy god damn it i'm so used to having Stuart on this damn show the fact that for me indie that they at least gave them a heads up uh, i think is super important like i hate watching a series knowing that's going to be canceled uh and just get stuck on a cliffhanger knowing that they can't uh they can't you know change course uh or give us that proper wrap up that we deserve thank you dino knights i appreciate that um so for me the idea that they were forward thinking enough to let them know, hey, this is probably going to be your last season, guys. So, however you write the script, make sure you kind of put some closure on it. That's as disappointing as it is to have a show end. I always want a show to end with closure. Uh, and if you can go ahead and close the show properly and leave me with a great sense of feeling for these characters and stuff, that's the only thing that I can really ask for. So I do appreciate uh, them at least giving them that heads up. Uh, but still going to hurt uh, to go ahead and see this show. Uh, I have to say farewell. And uh, we'll see where we find uh, Breck Basinger next. But uh, I do think she has a, a bright career ahead of her
1: maybe in the MCU. I mean there's a she can dye her hair red and go as a character named Rogue.
0: I mean that's always she's I think she's too small for Rogue. I think she's too tiny. Mm. Like height-wise. I think she's too tiny for Rogue. I think she like, I think she'd be all right. We'll see. If you guys have any ideas who you would like to see Breck Basinger play next uh, in Marvel or even the DCU, let us know your thoughts in the live chat or the comment section box below. Um, And what do you guys think of the cancellation of Stargirl? Let us know your thoughts in regards to how you've connected with the series so far. Um, All right, guys. And with that out of the way, uh, we got one last topic that we're going to dive into before we get to your guys's live viewer questions. We're going to change course here a little bit, go more movie side of things as um, new information is, in fact, emerging. for disney's upcoming live action adaption of hercules uh now maybe some of you guys just rolled your eyes just now in regards to another live action adaption for disney yes another one is certainly headed our way um some of them i've actually been very much enjoying um some of them i'm still really looking forward to like the little mermaid as well um i will admit when they announced the idea of Hercules, I really gushed about the idea of what they could potentially do with this movie. Uh, just based off of the animated film alone, uh, I think there's a lot of scope, uh, a lot of lore, a lot of fun that could really be had with this Hercules live action adaption. And while some people are kind of tired of them, I'm, I was very much kind of open-minded and really looking forward to this. Um, but Indy, if I could be frank, I'm a little nervous now, my guy. I'm a little nervous about this movie here this week, and I'll explain to you guys why. Let's go ahead and dive into this brand-new article here. Uh, We find this from uh, Variety.com saying that um, Disney's live-action Hercules will be more experimental and inspired by TikTok. Huh? Let's, what are, what are you guys talking about? Let's, uh, let's see this. It says, um, uh, Okay, so they do talk about don't expect to make another Marvel movie anytime soon. So they start off the article talking about Joe Russo saying we won't be ready to do anything with Marvel until the end of the decade. So he's talking like eight years out. So the idea of the Russo brothers returning for anything Marvel related, let's just go ahead and uh, and get that out of the way now. It says the Russos, however, have already returned to Marvel's parent company, Disney. Uh, they're producing a live action adaption of the 1997 animated features, Hercules, which Guy Ritchie, who also did the um, Aladdin movie, who was set to direct, made Aladdin uh, a billion dollar movie also, he says, we have an amazing relationship with them uh, that we've built over a decade is what Joe Russo says. I think we have a point of view on how they can stretch the limits of their IP moving forward rather than plain IP management he says whereas many of the disney recent live action remakes have been faulted for sticking too closely to the source material joe russo says hercules will be a little bit of a more experimental in tone a little bit more experimental in execution uh i think they're excited to see what we can all bring to it in a way that isn't just an interpretation of the animated film is what he says Uh, and giving Guy Ritchie some praise. He says Guy Ritchie is perfect for it because he has a penchanted. uh, He has penchant for experimentation is what Joe Russo says here. Um, You know, Indy, there's more to this that I definitely want to go into. But, you know, (sighs) anytime you say you're experimenting with something, I'm like, ah, I just don't know, bro. Like for me. The animated movie was done so well. And, yes, I don't expect them to rip the animation directly from the movie and make it exactly the same version from live action. I mean, look, you look at Aladdin. Aladdin took some liberties. I expect Hercules to take some liberties as well. But this almost feels like it's really going to depart the movie. Uh, It makes me wonder, is this even going to be the same movie now? Maybe some of the same premises and concepts and stuff. But when they say experiment, especially in tone and in execution, um, does that mean it's not going to be as lighthearted as maybe the animated movie certainly was? What kind of direction will they be going with this? When you hear experimental indie, what are your thoughts about that? And does it worry you that maybe it might take too much of a departure or are you okay with them taking a big departure?
1: Oh, man, this this is a hard one to try to decipher, considering that Hercules is one of my favorite um, Disney movies. Because the thing about Hercules, it was so adult, but still Kitty at the same time, because there was a lot of dark stuff going on in Hercules in uh-huh. the background uh-huh. uh, when you were watching it. And I, I don't understand the inspired by TikTok. So
0: oh we'll get to that. We'll we'll get to that a little bit more.
1: Okay, because like when you say inspired by TikTok, I think like Hercules is gonna be twerking the Meg the <laughs> Stallion songs. No. Uh, or is it she hulk inspired? That 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 that's honestly what it has me getting. This 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 scares me. Um the only thing that I think is keeping me in line is the fact that it's directed by Joe Russo and I trust his experimental mind i'm guessing but <laughs> with this with this character like like joe what are you experimenting with when you come up ex- getting hercules inspired by TikTok? tock like I, I i don't know what's going on with this
0: yeah i'm i'm not quite sure myself um but let's dive a little bit further into this um so uh let's see here um It says, Russo says the live-action Hercules will also be a musical uh, and share the original's unconventional approach. You know, he says, there are questions about how you translate it as a musical. Audiences today have been trained by TikTok, right? What is their expectation of what that musical looks like and feels like? That can be a lot of fun and help us push the boundaries a little bit on how you execute a modern musical. So it sounds like that inspired by TikTok very much is the sense of we are fully going musical here. Um, But are they trying to reinvent the musical is what it sounds like to me. The fact that they're trying to execute it into a more modern musical, which... I don't know if anything is currently wrong with today's musicals that we have to where you've got to make it more modern. I mean, I look at Into the Heights on HBO Max. That's a musical. I thought that was a fantastic musical. I was a big fan of La La Land that came out several years ago. I think that's a modern musical also. So you know, when you're saying audiences today have been trained by TikTok, is that like, hey, this is a musical, but because of the fact that we know audiences have like a 30-second attention span. Uh, are our musical segments going to be like just 30-second clips, like TikTok clips or something in between this movie uh, to kind of balance things out? I I really have no idea, guys. I have no idea, but I can say I am, I am concerned. I am a little bit worried. You're telling me you're going to experiment with the tone, and then you're going to be trying to make a modern musical inspired by how audiences... Uh, deal with TikTok and I'm just like that's I feel like that's an attention span thing I don't necessarily know if I need my my musicals like that Indy uh, when, when you hear him say that though what comes to mind are you even is, more worried now
1: <laughs> is it is it a marketing ploy to make the movie TikTokable if that if that's a word
0: interesting that'd be interesting to, for marketing, to where, to, marketing where the sec,
1: to where the segments in the song or something that could apply themselves to users on TikTok in order to boost you know what I'm saying? Like the interest and the longevity in the movie. That, that's the only thing I could think of that I would be OK with with them doing it. I don't want TikTok inside Hercules, but you can. Use, yeah,
0: I don't want to see that TikTok logo anywhere.
1: Yeah, you can use Hercules to inspire things on TikTok. I, 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 I can get with that. Just don't make cats. As long <laughs> as you don't make cats, it should be all right.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that's the type of modern musical we're looking for, right? Like of all things. And listen, I I get the sense of when it comes to Disney, some people tired of maybe the approach that they've had when it comes to live action adaptions. Uh, And I have no problem in the sense of taking liberties to make significant changes or some changes here or there to make the overall story that you're adapting better. Um, but But sometimes I think maybe we get too creative i don't want to say too creative that's i don't know if that's if that's such a thing but maybe we're stretching the boundaries maybe a little bit too much here in regards to how different does this need to be in order to get people back on board with a sense of accepting live action remakes for disney movies listen i'll give guy Ritchie, the benefit of the doubt i think he did a great job with aladdin and turning it into a billion dollar film could the same certainly be done here for hercules anything is certainly possible at this point but i can't lie in a sense of what my own expectations were for hercules are now very much butting heads with the um creative choice and direction that the russo's want to go but again these are just words we haven't seen the true execution of it to see what it looks like and maybe it will just hit us completely differently when we get that first teaser trailer or that first official trailer to fully see like just saying it and contextualizing it into something that we can actually see for ourselves are two completely different things so maybe once it actually comes together we'll have a different perspective and a point of view on it but, man, this really threw my own expectations certainly out of the window uh, and now has me a little worried and concerned for the Hercules film. And I'll be honest with you, Indy, like I don't necessarily know if the Russo brothers have had the best track record since they've left um, the MCU. Uh, maybe Gray Man, I think some people were probably fans of over on Netflix – uh, but I don't really know too much work that the Russos have done recently that have garnered them the attention of when they were with the MCU. Then again, it is Marvel Studios. That's a you know that's a, a huge uh, bullseye as it is. But um, so I, I am a little concerned. But I I, I'll, I will reluctantly give this a chance. Still, <laughs> how about I, you?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I got to see more. I got to see more before I decide whether well, I'm gonna give it a chance or not. This might be something where I just one day I got my girls and I'm sitting down with them. I just put it on because they won't be quiet. So, and if they if they like it, I'm for it.
0: Yeah, we'll see if this is a a correct um, or um, a, a great way to experiment with um, with movies. Uh, so we'll uh, definitely keep you guys posted as we get further details, guys. But let us know your thoughts in regards to the live action Hercules. Um, hearing that it's going to be experimental and inspired by modern day audiences, TikTok. Uh, So yeah, let us know your thoughts in the live chat or the comment section box below um i thought i saw a comment here um what's up frankie w good to see you in here frankie says bummed about star girl lots of potential there and a nice little world was uh being laid down but happy they get to put a period after their work i definitely agree with you there uh marcelino says uh, people complain about the live action remakes but it's a two-way street almost every live action remake is a billion dollar success but original movies like um, a, a woman king and bros barely make two hundred million dollars. Yeah, I just think um, audiences viewership has certainly changed. I think this the superhero comic book genre, the big bombastic films um, have really gravitated to uh, audiences have really gravitated towards them in regards to going out to these movies right when you go to the movies this is the type of spectacles you want to see on the big screen uh whereas maybe some of the other films the original movies like woman king which i hear amazing things about and is on my wish list to go ahead and check out you know more um I don't want to say independent films but if you're not dc or the mcu or even star wars or these big franchises um yeah the box office has been a uh, pretty rough but i just think it just shows you um, the palette of audiences and viewers and how things have changed over the past several years
1: i think it goes even deeper than that sir i think it goes to uh parents sharing experience that they have with their kids if you look at stuff yeah. like aladdin uh cinderella uh or even like the little mermaid that's you know what i'm saying getting ready to come out those seem like live action remakes that are being done in honest to what their counterparts were as a new experience for the new generation to grow up with something like this like hercules seems like it's chasing a dollar rather than you know what i'm saying re reintroducing something to you know what i'm saying a younger fan base that maybe their parents can go enjoy. Because what's going to happen with The Little Mermaid, watch as soon as people go watch the live action movie, watch the streams on Disney Plus of the old cartoon go up. You know what I'm saying? So, that, so they yeah. can see. It, it's it's a gimmick behind everything. I don't see a live action Hercules with the way they're saying it, making the Hercules, you know what I'm saying, animated movie, you know what I'm saying, go up if, it, if it's too far off the beaten path. Um, when movies like Woman King and stuff like that, are going to uh, thrive through word of mouth because it's a new experience. So even when I heard, oh, that was good, that was good, that's what made me go watch it, you know what I'm saying? And it, it, it'll thrive and grow off of that rather than growing off of word of mouth from
0: prior history. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you there. But I also kind of see Hercules like this, this being sort of that – Next generation of storytelling, you know, that the Russos are trying to tackle. Like you said, you mentioned the idea of like, you know, now that we have these remakes for this new generation, um, it is one of those things. Like th- this, it feels like this is what the Russos are kind of going for, knowing that their new generation is very much avid TikTok watchers. The concept of having a change in musical via audiences' uh, views on TikTok—that's just a whole different box but that's like that's just a whole you know something else entirely uh in regards to what we've seen in the past but uh, you know if we are looking at new generations here uh, i guess that's that's one way to that's one way to do it um so we'll see uh if this actually works or not or if it is a failed experiment but uh, we'll definitely keep you guys posted um all right and i think uh with that out of the way um Andy, i think you know what time it is, man. And we don't got Stuart here, so I'm going to need you to let us know what time it is, my guy.
1: Oh, you already know. It's time for live viewer questions questions questions
0: and we're going to get into your live viewer questions here today um you know i know we usually get a bunch of power ranger questions so i'll uh i'll dive in and out of power rangers and mcu stuff for you indy uh so we can have a nice little balance here and whatever i certainly don't get to today guys uh we definitely will go ahead and uh tackle in its own separate video so uh as always when it comes to to live viewer questions guys let me go ahead and pull up this banner here Um, always check out our youtube page go there certainly first Uh, when you go to the youtube page uh, go ahead and click on that community tab as you see here we've got the community tab highlighted Uh, usually after wednesdays we will go ahead and post a live viewer question post that you can go ahead and submit your questions on and let's go ahead and pull these up sort by newest first and we'll start at the bottom uh Jessica friedman what's up Jessica oh, we good to to hear from you uh with the cancellation of stargirl could Superman and Lois be next and could HBO and Max save Superman and Lois if the CW cancels it you know India I gotta think if they do get cancelled um, I'm not expecting them to get canceled this this season. I don't know if this season would be the last. I mean, if you're going to announce Stargirl cancellation with this season, uh, I would think maybe you would want to get ahead of it and um, make an announcement sooner rather than later for Superman and Lois. Um, so I do expect maybe at least one more season out of them. But if they were to move, God, I hope HBO Max picks them up. I, I just can't imagine that they would want to not have the show airing anymore considering how great it's been in the, the positive outcome that it's had but i i might have said that about star girl also but i do like feel like superman and lois is a, a different tier here um and with how popular it is i would think that you would want to keep it on hbo max but what do you think indy
1: it's it's a two-way street with this one is superman you know what i'm saying it's popular enough and it's doing well enough not to cancel two Henry Cavill was back and he wasn't there the whole time Superman and Lois was going on we know how uh, we know as how the former heads of DC like to do when they're going to use something in a movie they tend to take that character off of television aka death Deathstroke Suicide Squad different things like that so it just depends on how this new management and everything is going to handle it I don't see the plus in taking away something that's profitable but they seem like really big on not confusing fans on what's canonical to the movies and what's canonical to television
0: yeah i didn't even think about that before now that henry cavill is back oh man tyler you better uh
1: better bulk start
0: up yeah better bulk up
1: looking like start looking like <laughs> superman
0: start sounding like him i'm gonna need mm-hmm. you tyler to, to make a video of you putting together a computer i'm gonna need you to do that and post it on twitter immediately Mm-hmm.
1: start playing dungeons and dragons or something bro like you gotta you gotta do something to get your fan base up
0: yeah gotta gotta work on that <laughs> marcelino um oh he says this might be too controversial okay you know marcelino with these controversial questions man mm-hmm. uh trying to get us in trouble getting us banned on youtube uh quantum tv is a black youtuber uh quantum tv a black YouTuber, justifies. The Little Mermaid getting over a million dislikes uh, and explains why majority who hate that Ariel was race swapped aren't racist. Uh, He believes that any race swapping is a racist stunt because it uninstalls one person's race because they feel like they're represented too much and reinstalls the different racial group they think belongs in that person's place more. Whenever the argument of Ariel being a fictitional character, his co-argument is that Ariel is a fictitional character with established lore and an original look that people grew up loving. He also says it's hypocritical to say that Ariel's race can be changed because she's fictional, but it's not okay to whitewash black characters like Black Panther or Blade. He believes Disney is profiting under the word diversity, but not actually bringing true diversity. He thinks that a better solution would be have an original story that takes place in the Little Mermaid world and have um, a Holly, oh yeah, Holly Bear, ha- Haley Berry, excuse me, play an original character. The reason why he likes that idea more is because it properly represents Black characters through their own strengths and not rely on the past strengths of white characters. He says that he experienced racial injustice. He says that he experienced racial injustice but doesn't champion race swapping because knows what it's like to be put out because of his race. He ultimately states that this is the this only devalues race to be used as a costume to be worn for profit because at the end of the day, once Holly Berry's Little Mermaid comes out, Disney will immediately shove it in the background, then shift their focus on the original Little Mermaid. What are your thoughts on this? And he did give us a link uh, to oh. that also.
1: Whew, I guess this was the day I was supposed to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. OK, um. This is a loaded question, and I understand very, why very uh, it's a lot of
0: questions. So if we can understand
1: yeah. what Marcelino brings it to the forefront, because these are conversations that I feel need to be had to, from, absolutely uh, on on medium when it comes to like this. All right. Uh, when it comes to um, when it comes to Miss Barry and and the talent that she is first. Let's not disregard the machine that is behind her as a recording artist and seeing as she signed, you know, what I'm saying to Beyonce or whatever. And this role with her being a solo artist is something that's going to bring more uh, sight to what she's doing and d- d- uh, separate her from her sister. And, you know, what I'm saying different stuff to go on in order for her to be to become the next Beyonce, because that's what she's being platformed as, you know, what I'm saying by the machine that's behind her all right so what do you do you go get a prom, you put her in a prominent role that was probably brought to her that she auditioned for and and outlasted the other people that she auditioned for because she's more talented you know what i'm saying she's a better actress because she's been acting, act- singing all her life creates her own music and does everything she's going to do so don't just put it on what disney is doing when there's a whole machine behind her pushing her as they should because of the talent that she has okay it's no different than them trying to put Beyoncé in movies that she wasn't supposed to be in when she couldn't act um because her name was Beyoncé uh when it comes to race swapping and because of the fictional character to me the little mermaid existed way before Disney gave us what this character was and i feel that it was just that the disney version was the most popular um so it doesn't bother me what race ever that you know what i'm saying ariel was going to be the thing that comes to me is with this character does the does the does the ethics well not the ethics does the characterization of the character that's happening still stay true to who the character was regardless of what uh race the character is going to be the race of this character of the little mermaid does not affect who the character is at all She could be an alien, anything. It doesn't affect how that story happens at all by changing the race of the character. That's why why I feel race swapping doesn't have an issue. When you look at somebody like T'Challa, who is from a prominent African nation, you know what I'm saying, separated from the world and he didn't have to go through what other people went through as, you know what I'm saying, African-Americans or go through all of that. Let's let's change T'Challa Caucasian, Mexican, anything else, and see if the story has the same effect or the same meaning as it does this king of an African nation. It's not the same thing when you talk about, you know, what I'm saying race swapping. Race swapping is more like when you take uh the guy, a movie like Gods of Egypt, and tell me that all the characters are Caucasian, but the movie takes place in Egypt. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That, that That's the difference between when race swapping comes to me. Yes, Disney is going to make money off of this, just like I said before with the old Little Mermaid, but this this young lady in particular, you can't push her to the back burner as you would do somebody else like Brandy or you know something like that because of the machine that is behind her. When they do these award shows and do different things like that, they're not going to have the original actress who played aerial anything like that whether they have the original cartoon in the background or whatever they're going to have this girl in the forefront performing these songs you know what I'm saying telling people to watch these movies you know what I'm saying from from her saying how much of a fan she was of the original movie and that's the reason why she wanted this part to come and give her mode of what these songs and stuff was stuff that she she grew up singing you know what I'm saying and loving to the original actress saying she killed me on this song <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't I don't see the difference. For somebody to say that they've dealt with uh, racial dis- <laughs> discrimination and can stand there and stand on the side of what he said what he's standing on just feels real Kyrie Irving ish to me.
0: Like he's the real, smartest guy in the room.
1: Yeah, real kind to me because I want to know if his racial discrimination was because somebody got sat before him at a restaurant. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people that scream, I've been through racial discrimination and haven't really, you know what I'm saying, dealt with the things that other individuals, you know what I'm saying, have dealt with. You know what I'm saying? I, I, me, me growing up in... Gary, Indiana, dealing with everything that I went through if I was to go to Merrillville or, you know what I'm saying, Crown Point and different things like that. But you never hear me sitting here saying that this young lady shouldn't be the Little Mermaid and all this because I understand what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm never going to be screaming racial discrimination unless it's a proven point that it needs to be. I just don't understand people's ideology when it comes to them screaming about this Little Mermaid being, you know what I'm saying, Black that is wrong that people identify with this character being white the reason why people identify with this character being white is because this character was white at a time where having a black character in a prominent role wasn't looked at as profitable mm. as as it was it wasn't the right thing to do as we're not going to make money people won't go see this movie if this character is black Now, now that times have turned that hip-hop is prominent you know what I'm saying? Everything the, the the ties have turned. Black Panther made so much money. We do this. Nah, don't don't jump on the bandwagon of that too soon. You know what I'm saying, brother? Understand what they're trying to twist your mind into because they got you arguing the point that they want you to argue.
0: Yeah, man. You that last sentence? Damn. Yeah, that hit me too. Um. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I got to admit, I definitely agree with you, everything you said there, Indy. Um, and yeah, there are a couple of things in here uh, that I do want to point out that really jump out at me. And again, it, I do think it's our duty to also check out the YouTube channel itself or the video itself and maybe just hear like his full explanation a little bit more outside of what Marcelino is trying to explain for us. But if uh, if if what he's saying in here is true to what the guy is expressing just a couple of things. I just kind of want to point out, right? He says he believes that any race swapping is a racist stunt because it uninstills one person's race because they feel they're represented too much and reinstall a different racial group that they think belongs in that person's place. More <coughs> Jesus. Right. So you're immediate. <laughs> so you're so like the, the concept of that immediately is like, they're trying to replace you, bro you know it's that it's that replacement theory concept in the sense that these people believe this person should be in your place more where i think that automatically is the wrong mindset to go at this particular topic with like if that's already your mentality then you already have that mentality of they want to replace us or they want to replace people and I don't necessarily believe that's the case. Um, he says, "Yeah, they think they think they want to put a different racial group they think belongs in that person's place more." I don't think Disney thinks, "Oh, Haley ha- ha- Bailey deserves to be in this place more than another white actress." I, I think they just understand that. W- when did when did the first Little Mermaid come out? I think they just understand that times have just changed, that people go outside and experience life and they see a melting pot of different cultures outside of their house. Um, 1989, I was five. 1989. Um, so it, it's, what was that, it's, uh, 20, more than 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, times have changed since that movie. You know, um, we've got a huge group of different races that have come to this country more. You know, we've got more mixed babies now. Right. I mean, people just want to see themselves and know that they're capable of being that themselves one day. Uh, It's not the idea of, hey, I'm going to push you out because I want that spot. Last time I checked, Indy, you can still download The Little Mermaid. You can still go to Disney Plus and watch The Little Mermaid. Um, they're not replacing that movie. They are just simply making a new one so that people have the opportunity to see themselves on the big screen. Hey, white people, do you want to see yourself as a mermaid? We got a movie for you, 1989, The Little Mermaid. Go check it out. Hey. Anybody else outside of the white race want to feel represented? Hey, guess what? We got a more modern-day version of this character for you. It's not replacing anybody. It's just giving people opportunities. And I think the mindset of feeling like because somebody gets an opportunity, I can't have that same opportunity. Whoever's telling you that is, is feeding you bullshit. There's plenty of opportunities out there in the world that you can especially create for yourself to where you can put yourself in these particular roles and do the same things that are certainly going on. So don't let people gaslight you into thinking diversity is another word for replacement because it's not. Diversity is about showcasing that there are plenty of people in this world that deserve those same opportunities that other people are certainly afforded to. And I think when you start taking the mindset of, well, this person, these people think that this person should be in that position, that's fear mongering, that's scaring you. There's a much bigger world out there uh, than some people, unfortunately, don't get the opportunity to experience he says he believes disney is profiting under the word diversity not actually bringing true diversity he thinks that the better solution would have an original story listen well i do agree with the idea of yeah original story would be cool if you want to create a brand new character but who wants to be the b or c character man Right, like A lot of us want to see ourselves as these characters. And by seeing ourselves as these characters, it uplifts people to understanding they can be whatever they certainly want to be. Not regulated to some supporting cast member or somebody in the background in the sense of like, oh, maybe we'll introduce them. Again, nothing wrong with introducing brand new characters, but I also don't think there's a problem in the sense of just creating a new film or a new version of something that we've seen before and placing somebody else in that role so that new generations can see themselves in those roles. And if people want to go back and check out the original, guess what? It's still there. It's not getting erased from anybody's mind. It's not getting completely replaced whatsoever. We're just offering options. And that's exactly what diversity is, to be able to see what you see outside represented on the big screen. And people will hit you with stuff like this to fear monger you, to make you think that you have to bring other people down in order to keep your place in power or to feel like you are the only person that deserves to be re- represented. And that is certainly not the case. Um uh, there was something else in here that oh, you ended up putting out to me, but what did you want to say?
1: Encanto, Coco, Luca, Moana. I mean, there, there, there's a bunch of original content. You know what I'm saying? That, that Disney comes up with safety, the, uh, the movie uh, following G- Giannis, you know what I'm saying? Oh like, yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, we can go back to like the game plan. We, I mean, there's plenty of movies that Disney does that that does that 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 shows you know what I'm saying a representation original stories but because it's the Little Mermaid is why people are having an issue they did the same thing with Cinderella you know what I'm saying when Brandy played you know what I'm saying Cinderella we had Whitney Houston and stuff on there I think the thing that combated that is the fact that Whitney Houston you know what I'm saying was in the movie and people it, you know what I'm saying Whitney Houston people don't respect this young lady but she's showing she's going to show her acting chops and her singing chops in this movie to earn her respect how, how why can't it just be they put out a casting call she won the casting
0: why why, why can't it just be that absolutely and I mean look I, it's just one of those things like you think kids care about this stuff no they just want to see a movie. They just want to be a, a Disney princess. You know, you're gonna go to conventions. You're gonna see white girls, Asian girls, black girls, uh, Irish girls, all dressed up as Little Mermaid in some sense or another. It, it's the kids don't see this type of, type of stuff. It's really, it's really the adults in the room that really want to make a bigger deal out of it. And if anything, I, I do want to also jump on this. He says he ultimately states, um, "Oh, where is the the reason why he likes this idea more is because it properly represents black characters through their own strengths and not rely on the path strengths of white characters. Who's to say that? The Little Mermaid that we get in the modern day doesn't have her own different strifes that she's got to handle and her own struggles that she's got to handle outside of what the Little Mermaid from the original one had to deal with. Like, you're not you haven't seen the script. You don't know what, you know, the background of where this Little Mermaid came from. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure it's not going to be beat for beat, emotional, you know, character personality, beat from beat as Ariel. I honestly believe that they're certainly going to have their own different uh, differences uh, in here. So just, again, this just feels very much like somebody who has taken the perspective of a black person is trying to replace a white person. And we've seen how that sort of mindset has worked for some people. New York, anybody shooting at Walmart, right? The reason why he shot at Walmart or whatever is because of a replacement theory. The idea that we're, people are out here to replace you, to take stuff from you. And that's just not the case here. This is diversity is the idea that you just want to represent other people in the world. We still are going to have our traditional Little Mermaid. We're just now going to have another Little Mermaid. I mean, and I just don't see anything wrong with that in the world. Yeah.
1: Y'all crapped on Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> y- y'all, crapped, y'all crapped on the Cinderella but You know what I'm saying? Like... We're actually, y- y'all were iffy on Aladdin, you know what I'm saying? M- Maleficent might be the only thing that y'all rocked with, and we finally finna have was possibly another good remake. You know what I'm saying? Let, let, let the remake be good. Let them cast the people that are going to do the roles right. Th-
0: Absolutely. That's it. So that's just our pushback uh, to this particular guy, want, uh, Quantum TV. Um, uh, maybe I'll check out his video just to kind of make sure that I understood his positions and stuff. But for the most part, no, I just can't uh, can't rock with it. I just think it's a very dangerous I'm, line that he's working. He's walking.
1: I'm gonna watch it tonight. Like I'm gonna listen to it tonight while I'm out door dashing. Like I'll put it on over over the, over the and check it out. But to me, this sounds this is sounding too much like Kanye with the white lives matter shirts he was selling.
0: Yeah, it's uh, kind of disturbing. So. Uh, what's up, Tony Robinson? Good to see you in here, brother. Thank you very much for certainly coming through. All right. Uh, what's the next question we got here? We got Ram Jam. Uh, my question is, have you ever watched Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman and Lois with uh, Dean Kane? Do you think it will ever appear in streaming services someday? Uh, did you ever watch Legacy, uh, the true story of the L.A. Lakers? If so, what did you think of it? Um, So for the first question, I grew up on Lois and Clark, uh, The New Adventures of Superman. uh, That was actually probably my first introduction to a live action Superman show growing up as a kid. I was a really big fan of it. Dean Cain was my Superman for a really short period of time. Uh, Dean Cain's kind of lost his mind a little bit over the years. I don't really know what he's gotten himself into these days, but uh, I am kind of curious if that's one of the reasons why it's not on streaming services, but I swear I thought I saw it on a streaming service uh, maybe like a a year or two ago, so I might be mistaken if it's not up there anymore, but I used to have the biggest crush on Terry Hatcher who played um, Uh uh, on Lois Lane I just thought she was just so fine back in the day. Uh, so I, one of the other reasons why I watched that show as a kid, because I definitely had me a crush. But um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great for its time. Um, and I don't think I've ever seen Legacy, the true story of the LA Lakers. Uh, I I have watched a little bit of the HBO Max series. I think um, what was the name of that show? Do you remember Indie something? I I I
1: I run oh. from everything at Lakers. I hate the Lakers. <laughs> so I never watch anything that the Lakers are in.
0: Um, but I, I I did check out some of the Lakers HBO Max series that they that there was up there. Um, but that's about it. I don't think I checked out the uh, the Legacy Time though. But what are your answers to those?
1: Uh, right now uh, I love Lois and Clark. Um, I thought it was interesting storytelling, especially towards the end of the series. Um, Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman is available on HBO Max. So it is. So it is up
0: there. Okay, that's why I I saw uh, that. That's what
1: I thought. I thought I saw it on HBO Max. It's on on Amazon Prime as well. Um, I like I said, I I thought it was really good. Um, To me, it was like you was my first introduction to like a live-action superman because i didn't watch the movies back in the day i didn't watch the movies till after i saw this series
0: oh gotcha
1: so um i enjoyed it a lot dean kane was my superman for a while i had a crush on terry hatchet too you know what i'm saying one of the reasons why i sat down and watched desperate housewives all the time <laughs> um, Amen. yeah but uh nah i can't rock with i don't rock with anything la lakers so i never watch anything that has to do with them um the drink the whole dream team series i skipped the kobe bryant parts
0: Oh, you did yeah <laughs> gotcha gotcha uh um oh the that lakers show i was talking about winning time the rise yeah. of the lakers dynasty um i enjoyed it for what i just hadn't finished it but i did enjoy it um let's see here uh we also got kurt marino Uh, Last week's news of James Gunn and the other gentlemen becoming the new CEOs of DC Studios. Do you think he can really transform the DCEU movies moving forward, especially with Henry Cavill returning as Superman? Just feel like him being selected after Henry Cavill's announcements were set in stone for a while really hope that Henry gets more focus and opportunities as the man of steel. We know from James Gunn's most recent projects, he's the guy who knows what's going on and how things work. Uh, well, I'm kind of under the impression that the discussions with James Gunn and Peter Safran have been happening for months. Um, So I don't necessarily know like what came first. Um, Like if this guy was selected just because Henry Cal was coming back, I don't necessarily think so. I I, I want to say that they had people in power, um, James Gunn and Peter Safran um while this was going on in order to bring back Henry Cavill. I could be wrong here, but do you think um he can really transform the DC movies moving forward, Indy? I think they have just
1: with the return of Henry Cavill. To be totally honest with you, I think that that's the biggest that's that's the change more than anything that we needed because that's what we were lacking. Man of Steel Man of Steel 2 is probably 4 years past the one it should have came out. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like we should we shouldn't yeah. to me, we shouldn't have had a Justice League movie without a Man of Steel too. And I, I feel like bringing Henry Cavill out changes the whole direction of the DCEU uh, movies moving forward. And you probably get a lot of people happier and willing to work with with that happening.
0: No, I definitely get you there. I, I would agree with you. I think uh, the fact of Henry Cavill coming back, I think you're already moving in the right direction. Uh, John Schuyler says, try to tell me Billy wasn't a ladies' man. He said he's had five different girlfriends throughout MMPR. And the very last one we saw was during Zio when he decided to stay on Aquatar after falling in love with the girl. Cestria who helped reverse his rapid aging. There was an interview floating around somewhere which uh, the cast members were discussing their teammates. They talked about how David Yost was hired to play Billy as this awkward nerd, but he was actually both the most classically attractive and in the best physical shape of all of them from the beginning. Apparently, well don't tell Austin St. John that. Um apparently that was why they had him in long sleeves so much early on to try and hide that he was more buff than uh, supposedly more physically attractive uh, other guys on the team. After Billy started to get more confident in the uh, supposed influence of the other members started to rub off on him, you could see him in short sleeves more often. We saw Billy in a tank top during the bench press workout in the episode of Zio. That's right. Those guns, man. Those guns is what John Schuyler says. Um, you know, it's just it's just interesting. Uh, look, looking back, especially the fact of david jose understanding that he's he's a gay man the fact that he's had five different girlfriends through mnpr god that god had to have been a struggle for david jose you think
1: no i think as far as acting goes um i think the struggle he had was more on set as far as the acting goes i don't think it was an issue for him because the, the man hands down is an incredible actor like beyond power rangers you know what i'm saying what other stuff he's done so uh i don't think that bothered him but yeah like they missed a total and again this is the times we were in and the fact that this was a show promoted towards children you know how they felt about that back then they missed a total chance of making like a gay icon heartthrob uh, like, like he, he was he was the he was Lance Bass before Lance Bass <laughs> came along he really was he really and, was and you you missed the whole you missed the whole birth <laughs> of a movement you know what I'm saying right there by keeping him confined in constraints because uh Billy you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm fully positive my homosexuality. You know what I'm saying? And my heterosexuality, uh, was an attractive man. You know what I'm saying? Like when he took them glasses off and he started to cut <laughs> his hair and he had like the cut off uh the cutoff flannel with the white beard on. Yeah. And, and have his fight scenes and stuff like that. You'd be like, why is he bigger than Tommy? Yeah.
0: Why, like like <laughs> when did Billy upgrade? Like <laughs> yeah,
1: like. Like this is what happens when you go live in an ocean world and come back, you know. Like was it? What did, did he train in a? And t- you know what I'm saying? Under a hundred times Earth's gravity or something? Like it it, it was it was crazy. Um. Oh God, so I, I think I really think they missed the ball with that one, and they had the chance to totally just you know what I'm saying adapt people's thinking. But again, back then it was too much of a risk for them. You know what I'm saying to try something like that. People didn't want to risk money for calls.
0: Yeah, you're definitely onto something there. Uh, loved your loved your thoughts though on that. Uh, Dino Knights fight for your rights. Uh, this past weekend, Toei announced the 20th anniversary special of uh, Super Sentai Hur- Uh and then following Sunday, they also announced the 20th anniversary special for Abba Ranger. Uh, Which we all know the series themselves was adapted into Ninja Storm and Dino Thunder. Anyways, what do you think of Toei coming out with two brand new anniversary specials for 2023? For the first time, us fans who love Sentai and Power Rangers, we also have two projects in the same year to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Power Rangers. So we won't feel annoyed of Super Sentai always coming out with new projects. Um, so as far as what do I think of Toby coming out with two brand new anniversary specials, listen, more power to them, man. I, I love their anniversary specials. Um, one because it-, it shows to me the love and appreciation they have for their actors, um, and how much their actors love coming back i mean can you imagine the idea of like 10 years later 20 years later still wanting to come back and representing these teams um you know i I would say this i am kind of curious if saban back in the day was a little bit better with his finances in regards to offering people the opportunities to return if we wouldn't have more power ranger actors want to return um to a lot of these anniversaries and so this is what like what super sentai is doing 20 years after is what i've always wanted and envisioned for power rangers so the fact that 30 years later we're getting this cast to certainly come back for power rangers it feels like we're finally kind of getting it right if you will Uh, because i always felt like Toby's always done it extremely right when it comes to Super Sentai and just establishing the appreciation for um, their past cast and everything that that cast has certainly done for them. And I'm hoping that times are changing now for us here in the U.S. where we can kind of get on that same level of appreciation. But that's what it always reminds me of. Like, I always get happy for these anniversaries, like uh, for Super Sentai, because it just makes me happy to know that um, they're that appreciated, honestly.
1: Yeah. Uh... This is how i feel about this, this is How i always feel about this power rangers is especially under saban and what they were doing before they're going into what they're going into now um the only time i feel like they got new content is when they were making original content mm. um as long as they were adapting you know what i'm saying older content you were never going to have new content like what japan gets because japan was creating the content and what was going on that's why they was always going to have new series new specials they're going to be on autopilot because that's what they do over there with these different series it's not just super sentai it's everything that they do over there is on autopilot with, with how they put out content it's the same thing with anime believe you me I understand how you feel as an anime fan we get <laughs> every, especially when it comes to these movies we get the stuff eight months after you know what I'm saying they had it overseas oh yeah so like I, I totally understand what you're getting the one thing you have looking forward to is that now that they're getting ready to create original content when it comes to Power Rangers, maybe you'll see more. You know what I'm saying? Of that, um more specials, more stuff, more stuff that they're not going to totally depend on. You know what I'm saying? Japanese stock footage do this and that, creating their own suits. Maybe you'll start to get more and they'll start to cater more to their fan base now that they understand. I guess that superheroes are in. I don't know why it took Power Ranger Phantom to realize that superheroes are in, and let's just hope it's not too little too late.
0: Nah, no, I feel you there. And quick, um, just a side mention here, the Nerd Emperor, what's up, Nerd Emperor? Says, how about Aubrey Plaza as the original entantress from Asgard? Any possibility there, do you think? Uh,
1: not, not with the show they have her coming in as i would have liked that i would have liked her as enchantress for the thor ragnarok movie to start off with or or something you know what i'm saying something like that but man yeah
0: because we had we had hella in that one yeah i think uh i i think we thought sylvie from loki was the enchantress but she certainly wasn't so maybe
1: That Morgan Le Fay just fits her. I I feel like, yeah, that (laughs)
0: that really fits her well, man. That really fits her well, honestly. Um, But we'll see. We'll see. You might be be right there, Nerd Emperor. Um, Gabriel Glasgow, he says, uh, The animation for the film was absolutely marvelous. I honestly loved how visually comic book style the film was going for. Uh, I don't know what movie he's talking about. Dialogue for this film, to me, was one of the best and most clearest I've seen. Um, uh, I'm almost completely amazed at how dark the film would get. Seeing different variants of spider heroes was so cool and unique, though I still cringe at the robot Spider-Man along with the anime. Oh, he's talking about um, Into the Spider-Verse. With the anime-looking girl and Spider-Pig, which is also weird seeing him have two masks, his actual face, and for his snout. I really love that Haley Steinfeld voiced Gwen Stacy or Spider-Gwen just before she made her live-action debut as Kate bishop lastly took me um while when i was watching the movie again when it became available on netflix to realize that Nicolas cage voiced spider-man noir which i always saw him as a detective by his costume this movie is to this day is still a huge win for me since the movie came out um why is spider-man into the spider-verse still so well received um i don't know it's like my number one or two depending on uh what day i wake up on uh, in regards to the best spider-man films and i think a lot of people at least probably have it in its top three um if not higher than that but uh why is spider-man into the spider-verse still so well received after all these years um
1: uh soundtrack animation voice acting and uh respect to the source material um that it gave it gave everybody something you know what I'm saying to enjoy and like it's funny like when people say the the robot spider along with the stuff like man I I love that character I love the 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 Spider-Verse comic you know what I'm saying that she was in but uh that's probably me as a as an anime fan you know what I'm saying I love <laughs> that style of art uh Spider-Pig has always been hilarious to me you know what I'm saying and it, the crazy thing is you only saw about maybe a third of Spider-Heroes you know that 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 we know of that exists you know what i'm saying in the comics they didn't oversaturate the movie um it was well paced like i said well directed well voiced the soundtrack kept you moving they got you in and out of scenes well it's just a well put together movie that's why it's always going to be uh well received because it's a movie that as a parent i can sit down and enjoy and watch with my kid and he's going to be enthralled in it because it's spider-man but I can also sit there and I don't feel like I'm watching Bluey
0: you know what I'm saying like <laughs> yeah. some
1: although Blue Bluey is a one kids television but you see what I'm saying like I can't watch 20 hours of Bluey but I can watch Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse for 20 hours you know what I'm saying on repeat so they, they made something that appeals to uh every age ranking and just did a well a very good job with the movie
0: yeah i I would agree i would definitely um second everything that you mentioned and for me i think the involvement of peter parker in the movie along with miles morales really went a long way the idea of like a teacher and his apprentice sort of thing trying to help him get comfortable in his own particular role i think really did go a long way in establishing a great um partnership for this movie that i think a lot of people really enjoyed so just add that on top of everything you already mentioned um uh, I will come back to your question here, Blossom, if anything. Um, let's see here. Um, Datilla, what's up, Datilla? She says, uh, hey, hey guys, uh, with Black Adam being a success, do you think The Rock would achieve the level of s- success he has now when he transitioned from pro wrestling to acting? The Rock has come a long way since his days as the Scorpion King. Um, you know, Andy, I'm going to be honest. I I don't think I saw it. I don't think I saw it. Maybe in the, his early iterations, like had you told me, like Rocky Maivia, his time as the Rock transitioning over. I'm trying to think if he's like the first successful pro wrestler to truly do that. Uh, I remember seeing Hulk Hogan in some movies, but they were trash movies. Um,
1: uh, uh, a Suburban Commando and No Holds Bar are
0: classics. I mean, you know classics to certain people i guess uh
1: Subur- suburban commando he don't classic. got
0: he don't got the resume as uh, some other of these uh wrestlers like even like i would even put the rock and john cena above those classics man so uh i just never i just never thought it would happen but i he he was always so entertaining though he always had that it factor about him in wwe that there was a part of you that could always think man he could transition into something else for a career outside of pro wrestling but the idea of um, him as acting because it is i mean you know just because he performs in wwe doesn't necessarily make you a great actor uh he definitely had his struggles to say the least but um yeah i didn't expect him to be like one of the bigger grossing actors of, of our day and age. I mean, I feel like he he brings with him a following. You know he's going to put butts in seats. Um, he, Yeah, he's just a walking promotion, man. I mean, this guy's incredible at what he does. But I, I didn't think he would ever get to this point Um, after his departure from wrestling.
1: I'm going to say four movies that he had were the ones that let me know that um he was going to be one of the biggest things ever, to be totally honest with you um walking tall be cool uh what's the, what's the one i just i just said the name of it and i can't remember it um the game plan and the rundown after seeing his the the way he acted in those four different places those four totally different movies and seeing how he did all of them i knew the action stuff was going to go Because anybody, look, anybody can do action. If friggin' Tom Cruise can still fly jets and jump off up and all that stuff and be an action superstar, uh, he had the look, he had the size to always do action. But my thing was the movies that he chose to do, more comedic, more serious, you know what I'm saying, going and do those before he got into the action flicks. You know, and doing that is what showed me that he was going to make it. It just depended on what roles, you know what I'm saying, he chose to be in. And the fact that... He, him and his ex-wife started that Seven Bucks production company. You know what I'm saying, and started to do their own movies and put them out. Was when I knew he was dedicated to being something, and he was he wasn't just a wrestler that was going to act out of popularity. So yeah, uh the Scorpion King, I freaking hated all that time just to see him as a CGI. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, Ca- character yeah. at the end, but then to turn around and do the Scorpion King movie, and that actually be something. You know what I'm saying? Was dope, but those four movies right there, especially the game plan, because the game plan surprised me in the role he played and his uh, acting alongside the young girl and stuff like that. And his role in walking tall, you know what I'm saying? Yo, Taking yeah. that true story I, yeah. and something serious, having the comedic experts in and Johnny Knoxville role in that and then playing off each other showed me that he had what he needed to make it. It was just knowing if he was going to put the effort in to do it.
0: Yeah, no, you make some great points there. Uh, let's see here. We also got Adrian Perez, um, SPA and Aisha and Min uh, says with the, uh, MMPR reunion special coming next year. And since we know Adam and Aisha will be wearing special uniforms with badges that say SPA instead of SPD, according to Johnny Young Bosch. What if Billy met, uh, Kat Manx from SPD two years before the events of SPD, and they both worked on developing the SPD powers, either for a squad or the main team b squad we don't really know which spd besides Kruger's original team from his own planet but in MMPR, aisha had interests in taking care of animals and helping people so maybe now she's a veterinarian for alien animal species perhaps um perhaps aisha who had already met trini's uh, has a Has also already met Trini's daughter for a while. And if Min does become a Yellow Ranger in honor of Trini, Aisha realizes that only one of them could be the Yellow MMPR Ranger when they are called back to action during the reunion. Perhaps she does brief uh, morphly brief, uh, but then she gets hurt during the fight with her power, uh, a fight her power coin gets restored, leading Min to take over as Yellow Ranger. Um, So uh, possibilities. Um, I definitely see your speculations here in regards to how this all could work. Um, Nothing clearly is set in stone as of yet, but I do think it's some pretty um, entertaining and enticing theories uh, and concepts that you're kind of coming up with i, I personally kind of dig the idea of um seeing if they might have met uh cat manx from spd two years earlier like it would be pretty trippy if they found like another actor uh, or actress to go ahead and uh play her in a MMPR reunion special but um yeah a lot of questions to certainly still go but um i'm eager for it regardless
1: man i'm just wanting to go with the old trope that the villains like kidnap mean in order to try to turn her into evil ranger because of <laughs> what, what her parents it was they have to come back and they have to try to rescue her and stop her from it just recycle the greenwood evil I yeah that's you. all you have to do recycle <laughs> greenwood evil and we'll be happy
0: i am kind of intrigued to see how they introduce min though um i am curious what way it goes as to whether or not they've known about her this whole time um you know like for me it would be cool if min learns about it But has some questions, and maybe she's trying to. She's been on like a a discovery over the past year or two, and maybe she stumbles upon the Power Rangers or uh, finds them. I would hope also, maybe that's not the case. Maybe maybe they go the route of they have known about her, but maybe haven't necessarily wanted to place her mother's legacy on her. But maybe at this point in time, they almost have to. Or maybe it's a combination of both. Maybe the Power Rangers find themselves in that situation where they have to. Uh, and maybe she's already been trying to inquire and learn more about her mother. You know, So it'll be interesting to see where, how that all meets one another. Um, Chris Crossman, similar to my question last week, what would you think of the possibility of Chris Evans to return in the MCU as Captain America? I found some ways that could work. Secret Wars as Hydra Supreme? a Steve Rogers variant that was introduced at Hydra at a young age. Dr. Strange goes back in time and recruits Steve without telling him about his future. The obvious, we see old man Steve Rogers pop up to deliver some important news or return as a new version of the Human Torch to Troll fans. So what do you think of the possibility of Chris Evans returning Indy in the MCU's Captain America And if you were to have your choice, are any of these options uh, that you're open to?
1: Mm, No, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I don't want him returning as Captain America until it's time for uh, our Captain America right now to lay down the shield. Because I feel like it contradicts everything. The reason why Steve, you know what I'm saying, gave him the shield to start off with if he comes back. If, if it's something so uh, the person i'd rather have return is tony stark than chris evans because i feel like chris evans story went full circle as far as him being captain america he can return as Hydra, uh, you know what i'm saying as hydra supreme or uh anything like that but that to, technically to me that's not him returning as captain america that's steve rogers coming in as you know what i'm saying a villain i feel like we have our captain america i would rather for tony stark to return and Dr. Strange going back, this was funny to me, doctors, if Dr. Strange goes back and recruits Steve, it's everything that he told Peter not to do, and he just went and did it. <laughs> so I, I, I hope that doesn't happen unless it's, it's a thing where the world's in peril anyway, and so if he if the, the risk is less for him to do that than it is for him not to go back to get him, I can understand that. Like, like, screw it. The word's go- the word's gonna blow up anyway. So how how much worse can I make it? Type situation. But as of right now, I believe in um, I believe in the Captain America we have now, and I feel like he needs his time to show that he can lead. And I just feel like bringing back Steve Rogers, even even within like the next four years or something like that, is just something that will undermine everything that they're building this cap up to be. You might be muted.
0: Uh, I definitely understand where you're coming from there in that regards. Uh, for me, um, what would you think of the possibility? Look, I, I would agree with you. I, I would say let Anthony Mackie maybe have his time as Captain America, and when he's ready to lay down the shield, maybe bring Chris Evans back. Um, I am curious if that's something that would happen after, say, Secret Wars, uh, the Avengers Secret Wars movie. You know, after they wrap up. What is it? Phase six. I do wonder if it's a possibility of um, because in the comic books he does pick up the mantle. Uh, he, you know, Steve Rogers does come back to play Captain America. I don't know how old Sebastian Stan is. Hell, maybe Sebastian Stan picks up the mantle. Bucky Barnes does after uh, after Falcon if uh, a- after these uh, couple phases, but. Uh, as long as it makes sense to the storyline, I would be okay with him coming back as Captain America, but only after we've exhausted the idea of, um, you know, Anthony Mackey and other people being able to re- represent Captain America. Um, that's not to say that I don't want to see Chris Evans return in some capacity. Because I would agree that the one that really jumps out to me, I I wouldn't love the opportunity to see him pop up as Hydra Supreme. I think that would be really, really cool, really fun to kind of see Chris Evans on the other side of things. uh, What if sort of situation, not in the animated series. No, I want to see a live action Hydra Supreme Mm -hmm. at some point in time. I think that would be pretty cool. And I would even throw out the idea of uh, old man Steve Rogers as um, head of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, I don't know how much longer Samuel L. Jackson wants to continue along here as Nick Fury. Maybe he loves the role so much that he's like, look, I'll stick around as long as you guys will have me. But in the comic book, Steve Rogers does come back without his super soldier serum as an old man, as the new lead of S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't really had as much impact in the MCU um, in quite a quite, quite a couple of years. So um, if anything, maybe... Uh, prominent return for shield with um old man steve uh in there and i think that would be a great way to bring him back but those would be my two options
1: and just for those who want to know anthony mackie is 44 chris evans is 41 and sebastian stan is 40.
0: okay so we got some time we got some time we got some time for those two um let's see here Uh, Now we're really getting deep into uh, some Power Ranger talk. Let me see here. Uh, Michael Rhymes, second opinion from my live viewer questions from last week. We talked about how Dino Supercharge kept mishandling the extra Rangers where they kept leaving due to Japanese footage. The Rangers randomly showing different character traits and personalities when the Rangers fight because of the Sentai footage. The more I rewatch the series, the more I see them used when most necessary oh it does give more breathing room considering we already had this main seven rangers i do wish we saw more of the extra rangers outside of the costume by having the energems and dino charge non-functional or damaged so when it comes to cosmic fury i'm really excited everything will be new original footage except for the megazord fights um longer having to worry about no longer having to worry about editing around sentai footage and with the Rangers themselves. Yeah. I I just think doing everything original footage just really allows for more creative, uh, more creative freedom and you don't have to match up performances with certainly what came uh, before it's, you know, and that's, it's not necessarily just Dino supercharge either. I feel like we've been able to see this in other series as well. I think for me, Dino supercharge was just, it's difficulty of being able to balance um all the characters that they certainly had for that particular season that i think was um you know just not handled extremely well whatsoever but um you know when it comes to cosmic fury i am really pumped about the idea of them really using original footage but what do you think about that indy with cosmic fury kind of being that like um quasi dino fury season three i know you haven't necessarily watched i don't think you've watched all of dino fury but um Cosmic Fury in general, the idea of them doing new, original, like more original footage, and only using Sentai footage for the Megazord fights—how uh, do you like that idea?
1: It it kind of feels similar to like I guess Disney when Disney had, you know what I'm saying? And it just felt real, it for a lack of a better term. Um, it makes the experience for us feel something personal to us rather than just getting recycled footage. You don't feel like you're just Japan's secondhand audience, uh, you know what I'm saying with that, and I'm I'm looking very much forward to it. I think that's something that will make me grow interest again in Power Rangers, rather than me dedicate dedicatedly mo- mostly watching Sentai, and then watching Power and see where they messed everything up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get you um all right um so with that guys i think that will probably wrap it up for us here uh in regards to live viewer questions we are over the three wait, hour wait oh, wait wait you got one more why you skip me uh well because you were talking about dino fury season finale you asked me a question as to what well, not season finale but you asked me if i had watched it all uh and i'm not trying to uh get into that as of yet i know you said you're not spoiling um, but you're asking a question I can't really answer right now, just because of uh, I haven't had the opportunity to watch Dino Fury yet. But I promise, Blossom, I will go ahead and tackle it in live viewer questions for you uh, in the video. I'm probably gonna probably record it. If not tonight, then definitely tomorrow for you. So I haven't forgotten your question, Blossom. Trust me, you will be the first one up once we get to answering live viewer questions. You know, come on, Blossom. You know, you know, I ain't gonna forget you, girl. What you talking about? Uh, but yeah. So um, thank you guys, everybody, for all your live viewer questions we certainly will get to them in a separate video um so definitely uh stay tuned uh for that and we'll definitely let you know but uh thank you very much guys for all your live viewer questions today and uh Andy, thank you for uh joining us man and uh breaking those down with me bro
1: well beautiful thing is off next sunday as well so
0: hey we'll have you back nice maybe we'll have the entire trio uh on board then for sure so i'm really looking forward to that yeah um, all right. Well, I guess that will wrap it up for us here, guys. Uh, enjoy your weekend wherever you were certainly at, uh, having fun with your friends and family here today. Uh, but, Andy, before we go, if people need to reach out to you, where can they find you? Oh,
1: it's been a minute since I did this first and foremost you guys make sure you follow us right here at the youtube because i'm always here at the a plus he report youtube you can follow us at a plus opinions and over at the facebook page if you want to check out what i'm doing personally you can follow me at Urb nerd mix alpha or over at the anime page at anime assemble on instagram or stream my music just search indy uchiha
0: Awesome. We appreciate it, Indy, as always. And uh, guys, if you want to follow us on social media, right up here at the top at A Plus Opinions. Very active over on our Facebook page. Also catch us over on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, And until next time, guys, that'll do it for us here. So um, do me a big favor, as always, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and keep it A Plus. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.